This week on the People's Football Podcast. Martin interviews our special guest, Chris Sargent. We take a look at an exciting weekend of football back from the international break and Kyle and Martin for a small party as we celebrate a year since Newcastle United's takeover. Stay tuned for some fun football banter. And welcome to the People's Football Podcast. Listen, laugh and learn. Don't forget that. Now we're on to episode eight. Wow, we're just flying with these episodes. We've had a bit of a hiatus on our end. We had three episodes flying out back to back. Um, and now we had about 10 days off. We've brushed the cobwebs off and we're ready to go again. Um, Kyle, you're the top man. Everyone, uh, you're probably like Marmite. Everyone <laughs> loves you. Maybe one or two don't love you, but the Marmite man, Kyle, the Gandalf, Wilson's back. That's That name's stuck. That's that name stuck, has it? Um, Gandalf. Candelf. Oh, what was that last week? Oh, no, Candel was Candel. Candel. Candy yeah. the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. So um, how you been here? Anyway, let's go. What, what's been cooking? What's been cracking? It's been, it's been one of them weeks. Woke up this morning for so, a little story. I parked my car down the hill for my student accommodation. Um, It's free, free to park, 6 or 8. And for one day, I thought I'd have a little lie in for once till half eight. Realising that from 8 o'clock to half 8, my car wouldn't have been, obviously, like I wouldn't have paid for my car. And I end up getting a parking charge at 20 past 8 when I pay for it at half 8. So 10 minutes, I was, I was 10 minutes late, so that's 50 quid out of pocket now. So it's been one of them weeks. You're full-time though, I think they must have been watching, they heard you were full-time and thought easy there. target. Must have knew the, the dollar was rolling in. Uh, you just have to spend they spend all that money on a uh, parking ticket rather than uh, fun things. But literally, it will be at this rate. That oh. that car park. <laughs> so I, I, I learned my lesson. I've got me up. Alarms are set for ten to eight every morning, so I can pay for me uh, my car. You're back in your student accommodation now, Kyle, aren't you? You're not living with mum and dad anymore, and getting your breakfast and dinner and tea made for you. You're back no, in there. I, I still am. To be fair, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah? I still am getting everything cooked for us, made for us. That's a uh, Literally her job as she can you cook. Can you cook anything, Kyle? I'm a good cook. Cook the past Saturday for tea before we start. So I can see you looking over your girlfriend there, Abby. You big shout out for putting up with (laughs) you, Abby, for putting up with that lad. I don't know how you're doing uni work at the moment. So she's the brains, you're the well, I don't know what the hell you are, mate, but anyway, exactly good lad, top man. Anyway, um, Steph, um, you know, we're gonna try and keep this episode short because it is. Wash your hair nights, you know, <laughs> your favorite night of the week, my favorite night. I dread that night. Are you washing your hair tonight? So, anyway, yeah, it's wash your hair night. But, Steph, good to have you back. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yes, it is wash, wash hair night, which is my least favorite night of the week. Um, I'm, I'm sure if there's any uh, female listeners out there, they will understand um, that it is just the worst thing in the world when you have to wash your hair. Well, Kyle has hair down to his uh, down by past his bottom. So, Kyle, when's wash your hair? Tarzan, like every day. Tarzan, he's washes hair every day. Uh, yeah, you must use uh, you must use soil to wash your hair, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steph, how how's your week been? I know Good. quite boring. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, life life's not very exciting when you have a toddler because um, you know, like it just revolves that the world revolves around them. Really, you don't get to do the fun things you did when you were younger like Kyle um <laughs> but no good good week um glad that uh domestic football is back mm. um I was very excited on Saturday morning to wake up and think there was Premier League football so yep 
All good. How about you? Were, you? were you happy with your just before move? Were you happy with your presence uh, from your your big fortieth? <laughs> well, first first things first. I, I didn't turn forty. I turned thirty four. So let's just. Okay, sorry. Well, you shouldn't. Women should never tell your age, Steph. And what what you tell everyone your age for? Jesus. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of, of a okay. number. It's just a number, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, no. Thank you very much for my presence, um, Kyle. I, I don't know if you all got lost in the post. Got lost in the post. Actually, Martin ate it. I, I went to go to Martin, but he, he stole it. He said, "Nah." His was the box of Pringles that I bought. I put a box of Pringles in a in a mag- I give her a bag, and as the bag, and I had Pringles, and she was, "Who? What the hell are you buying us Pringles for? For me birthday? I bought a, a nice present. What flavor though? What flavor? That's what do you think?" Oh, definitely, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think cheese onion or something with you. Ah, and she's oh. more about that, Kyle. What cheese is- onion's vile, though. Oh, you don't like it? Oh, that's why I was saying this. It was actually sour cream and chive, Kyle. Um, oh, even worse. Criminal. Uh, yeah, she was I, mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, but you did, get me a, a, you did get me a lovely spa day, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That made up after all the, the crap's other stuff. Crap Pringles. Up. Yeah, Pringles. I don't. I don't know if anyone else in the world. I'm going to put it out there. Has anyone else ever received a chew of Pringles for their birthday from the husband? Cream ones. So cream them. To be fair, they're my favourites. That's why oh. I actually had half of them and half of the chocolate that I bought as well. So, I that's uh, it's good times. But um, listen, um, for me, we've had. I've had. It feels really busy. We've had loads of games in, in my job. We had um, so a, a bit of a time teased derby today in, in the academy system. So brilliant day all round. Everyone was playing. What you do is you play all the way through from the from under nines all the way through to 16s. It's fantastic, Kyle. You remember them days as well. Even though you're not in the first team, it still feels similar. I hear the lads yeah. celebrating the goals. They're going crazy when they score. It's just as big at the younger ages. So loads of coaching, loads of work for me. But what I want to do is just, it's always nice to catch up on previous guests. So we spoke to Fraud four or five episodes ago and we talked about a legend game that's coming up. So on, it's been confirmed October the 14th, Newcastle United versus Manchester United uh, legends in aid of Newcastle United food banks, which is fantastic. So I don't know how much of the money is going towards that, but it's it's an aid of it. So hopefully a lot of us, that's for a great cause. It's at the Fox Hunters Pavilion at North Shields on the 14th of October at 7pm. Now I've just seen on Twitter about 20 minutes ago, that Adam P is actually being is actually playing in that game. So there's there's one young up and coming legend. There's actually going to be some other former pros playing, and obviously Fraud is playing as well. So just remember, 14th of October. That's in two weeks' time. I think Kyle said it's a bit of a trek to get there for me and him where we live and Steph. But we might try and get out if we drive. Good Steph, good bar. Yeah. Oh, is it a good one there? There's a good. Yeah, I've never- good- Good little restaurant, good little bar. So, if you, you want to treat this Kyle with your full time contract, you're going to treat me and Steph to a, <laughs> to a meal. Some uh, water, soda, or some whatever, lime and soda. So pay, pay, pay a parking ticket first, Kyle. <laughs> I might have to. I'll probably get another one that night as well. It's absolutely criminal. <laughs> Furious. Uh, Furious. But so just the last one, uh, last two is Kath Hill. She's on the comeback. She's not quite there, but Rangers. Got knocked out of the women's Champions League Gutterland Gutters last week. They got a one, they got a one-nil win in 90 minutes to take it to extra time, and they lost 2-1. So they got knocked out of the Champions League gutted, but they'll be back. And if Kath was playing, that wouldn't have happened. And I think Lynchy needs to send us some money, guys. You know, Kyle. After our in after our interview with him, Lynchy's gone on the march. They're up to fifth in the league. 
They won 6-3 last week and 3-0. They're on the back of four wins in a row. So, Lynchy, if you're listening, you owe some money, mate, because, you know, our, our wisdom has kind of got you back on track, mate. So what do you think, Kyle? You can pay my parking fine with his uh, win bonus. <laughs> Lynchy, if you heard it, have a word with Kyle, all right? So we're going to move straight on into um, <laughs> into kind of the, the Premier League review. We are delighted that it came back. The International Week is the International Week. It's not quite got the same finesse that it used to have, the same excitement. England came off the back of a defeat and a 3-3 draw, which gets them relegated to Group A, but we don't want to talk about that. The next time we'll talk about England is going into the World Cup. So... Let's have a look back to the weekend and let's start with what we've missed massively is the shockers and showstoppers and we're going to come to Kyle, the Wally Wilson. I think the showstopper had to be one one person only. It had to be Miggy Amaran. That, that first goal was... His first goal, sorry, was absolutely fantastic. That finish is probably one of the best sort of finishes I've I've seen. The volley with his outside of the foot, but it was just overall performance. It was something that he deserved, I think. Him, him being him, him was my showstopper. He just deserved it. Like he's, he has improved in the last uh, um, players. <laughs> his best player has been uh, Miggy Amaron. He's he's improved massively over the last like yeah since twenty twenty two sort of came. He's improved massively, and he deserved that. He deserved that uh, performance. So. Fingers crossed, he keeps going. Yeah, he was class. And Can I just say, though, he was my uh, surprise of the season, so it's that's looking quite yeah. good. Oh, okay. I can't remember, yes. Steph. I really can't remember that. I think we've dubbed that out as well. So, yeah. And he was so close to a hat-trick Kyle as well, which we'll talk about later in our Newcastle breakdown, but he's such a good lad. Go on then, brilliant. And I'm, I want to mention my team as well, though, that I did have a showstopper. Because I think I've took Seth Rowe there by accident. I think it's been the distraction of the parking ticket. But it had to be Newcastle. Newcastle had to be the, the team for the um, the showstopper. It just had to be. The performance, yeah. liquid football. We'll talk about it later. That's all I've got to say. Shocker. It could only be one team off this weekend. And I know they sort of pulled a couple of goals back, but United. Like, it's, I know a little bit in what this will go out before the... A special spin-off show, but we will touch on United and Man City a bit more in the spin-off. But that the performance is poor. Everything about it is poor. Ten Hag not bringing on Ronaldo is poor. It's just like there's something wrong at the club and something very uh something very rotten. And to see the fans leaving at 40 minutes, well, I've meant to be one of the biggest clubs in the country, in the world, it's just it shows what state of affairs the club is in, to be fair. Mm. I didn't actually we we kind of seen a little bit of the game we seen at half time and we had to go out Steph with, with Hayden but it, it did look poor it did look poor but Kyle just to just to touch on it was it Man City would just would have done that to anybody on that day or Man United were that bad Man, Man City were good like there I think it was their fourth goal it was brilliant like fantastic yeah. but Man United gave them that respect gave them that time so I think that's the left so much. The, the left so much space uh, yeah. through the middle, and if you do that with Kevin De Bruyne, like you, you're asking for trouble. Um, they were just imperious. It's like Holland. Holland was really quiet until his first goal. He, he was nowhere, and then actually, no, he scored two and it's three no. But I like the Man United. Every single one of them performances were bar probably Anthony. 
were absolutely just. Can I ask Kyle? I know you 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 got an eye on my United probably because you don't like them. What the hell? Why isn't Casemiro playing for? I don't know because they've been calling up for CDM for so long. Sixty-five million, and he's sitting on the yeah. bench for like seven games. It's but you're looking like, at like you're looking at when Ten Hag came out about Ronaldo saying that he didn't want to bring him on to protect his legacy sort of thing. Like he didn't want him playing in a game like that. Like yeah. if if I don't get it. I think he's. I think Ten Hag's got a bit of issues with egos. I think I don't think he wants anyone to be. Maybe Casemiro and Ronaldo are bigger egos than him. So maybe that's yeah. the reason. Well, that sets you up nicely because I know you were doing the, the you're doing the spin-off. You're going to front up the spin-off show in yeah. the next. You're going to do it straight after this, and it's going to go out next Friday for the Friday night fans football special. So we'll we'll keep our cards cards close to our, our chest. But I think what I'm seeing, Man City could have ripped anyone open. Oh, like that, but anyway, uh, is that it, Kyle? No one else. Do you want us to take any more of Steph's Thunder? Do you want to tune? No, in? no. I was saying, I, I was, I was just, I was just seeing the show last week. So, uh, I, I, I wanted to he wanted you out. He voted against you being out, Steph. Was like, nah, that's my bit. He wanted you out. He was hoping you were going to go to the Peter Crouch podcast. He wanted the full bang. Um, come on, this stage. <laughs> uh, right. So this week, um, showstopper. Well, I couldn't have picked, um, I couldn't have picked anyone else other than Erlen Haaland. Um, the the kid's just unstoppable, isn't he? Um, he's just so much confidence, scoring different goals. Um, he just looks dangerous. Every time they break forward, you you, you know he's going to score. Um, and there's some today. I think he's broken some absolutely mental stats. Um, I've got a couple of them here which I'll share with you. Um, so he's as many Premier League hat tricks uh, as Ronaldo Vardy and Lampard after only eight appearances in the Premier League. Um, career goals now I don't know how accurate this is right because I kind of saw a couple of different numbers on Twitter mm. but uh, in terms of goals at the age of 22 um, apparently Messi had 44 Ronaldo had 50 and Haaland's got 173 now I'll have to double check that one because I'm not not entirely sure if it's mm. uh, if it's legit but the, the one that the one that impressed me the most was so I'll put this to you guys: the quickest players to Premier League th- to score three Premier League hat tricks. Um, how many games do you think the next person took after three. Holland? Yeah, 40. close. Oh, uh, forty-two. Close. So it was Michael Owen with forty-eight. Yeah, so it took Michael Owen forty-eight games. Yeah, scary. Um, and then Van Nistelrooy with fifty-nine after, and Torres was sixty-four. So I mean, the, the kids just the kids just tearing it up, and you've yeah. seriously got to think now, like, is he going to go on and score like forty goals this season? Like, it's 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 a it's an absolute possibility. Um, it's not even a it's like fifty. Is that that's even he'd be disappointed with forty the way he's going if he's scoring a hat trick every game and yeah, no, the kid, he's just he's just an unreal, isn't he? Like, what, you know, I, can I ask can I ask the question of you two? I'm I'm going to be honest. I, I've seen him at Dortmund. Expect him to do well, but what is what? It, why is he? Why is he so different to any other? He is the he is the best striker in the world right now. But what is it that makes him so good? Like what is it? Just movement, off like in behind in the box. Like some of his movements are so clever. I think, and he creates chances for himself by the movement. But he's got he's got the physique. He's got the pace. He's got the power. He's got. I think he just has he has the all round game. He's an all round sort of gamer. So it's like he's it's just unbelievable. Like Steph said, he's going to break some records. You know that. I think I think I know the argument going on at the moment. I think in two years' time, he, I think he will end up being at Real Madrid. Yeah. 
So mm. I, I, I don't think it'll break Shearer's record, thankfully, but because mm. I think you'll end up leaving the Premier League before he sort of has a chance. But it's going to break every record this season. You just getting to see what's it? Three games at the end you had nine goals. That's unbelievable. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's insane, and I think for me, he's obviously like he's a bit of he's, he can be a fox in the box. He can he can he can take people on. He's good with the ball at his feet, like like he is. Like Kyle said, he's he's just an all round superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the you know you, you can say well he scored loads of goals in Germany. Is Germany like you know is is it as good as the Premier League? But he's 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 come in and shown that he can do it in any league he wants to. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask, and I feel sorry for Lewandowski because we all know how good Lewandowski is. In so three years ago, or even. A year ago, when Lewandowski was racking up them numbers, they don't get the respect they deserve either. Harlands and Lewandowski's because they're playing in a I'm using speech bubbles a farmers league. Do you think Lewandowski two years ago or one year ago would have done exactly the same as Harlan right now? Is Harlan better than Lewandowski, or is it just impossible to say yet? A different type of players. Lewandowski is more of a poacher, more of a fox in the box person. But Harlan, like Steph said, can do it all. Mm. He, he can, and you've seen on Foden's. Second goal where he, he crosses the ball, he puts a pass across the box for the fourth. Yeah. That is like, you just, I don't think words can even explain him. He's a, he's a monster. Yeah, he's scary. Castle's defence still kept him quiet. So who, who's talking now? He didn't score hat against us. So, yeah. and Botman had a, an off day. So, right now, anyway, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But, uh, Steph, shocker. So, my shocker, I've been looking forward to talking about this one because. I've been waiting for an opportunity to stick it in. Um, so uh, my shocker is um, Jurgen Klopp. Oh, get yeah. in! Here we go. Shots fired. Come on, have that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I think obviously Liverpool again. They were all over the place um, in the in the three three draw with Brighton yesterday, um, and I, and I, there's a lot you, you, when you watch that team play now. It's definitely an. I feel like it's definitely an attitude problem, um, attitude, confidence, whatever. Um, and I feel like that that comes down from him. I feel like the way he he kind of, I feel like he comes across like that. He comes across quite arrogant. Like he's, yeah, we've seen he's he's got a bit of a bad attitude when it comes to like talking in the media and things like that. And I I really think that that's 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 drilling down into the team and the squad and. Um, I mean, when he first came in the Premier League, he was a breath of fresh air, wasn't he? I mean, I loved him. I think everyone thought, oh, this guy's great. But I don't know what's happened to him. Um, and there's a crazy stat I read. It was a few weeks ago now, actually. It was that I think he's he's he's, he's norm- normally leaves teams when he's been there for like seven years. And he's been there. He's been at Liverpool for seven years now. Um, and I really think this will be his last season. I think he'll go. Um, Sacked or walks? I think he'll walk. Well... I say walk. I think managers, not very few managers, walk these days because you know, yeah, they're, be from a financial point of view. But yeah, I just feel like he's. What's he not getting out of the the team? And it's it's largely the same team. Take San, um, take Sadio Mane out. You know that that have done so well for him. So what is it? Are they just walking into every game thinking, yeah, we're we're going to be fine. We're we're Liverpool. We're gonna we're gonna beat this team easy. Um, yeah, I just think he, what, what's he playing at? What's he doing? You're not getting the best out of his players anymore. Yeah, I like. I think you're right, and I think we talked about it on our on our podcast. We ripped into pot uh, into Klopp, and is he changed? I think I think teams represent the managers, 
Mm-hmm. And I think Liverpool are a representation of Klopp right now. A bit spiky, a bit morny, a bit lethargic. They're not bang up for it. They're kind of, I don't know, they seem to be looking in different areas rather than just focusing on the game. And I think they are a representation. I think that right now there's a lethargy around them. I think they're, they're, they know they're lethargic. They're not pressing. And you know what? Like, I think Kyle put it in the group today. He's actually really enjoying it. He's really enjoying seeing the demise of Liverpool and Man United. So I think that's probably because we're in a group chat with a Liverpool fan and um, he's, you're enjoying Arnold as well, who I think would have been close to a shocker for Kyle as well. He probably had him written down. He's, he's hammering Arnold right now. I was in the group chat last night. I think it's just, I know I put him in my North East South team. It's wrongly. Uh, you're disgusting. I went. And yeah, and may have been hypocrite, but when you watch him, you just you can't defend. And you're like with 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 Trent, right? Is it is it a point now? He's clearly got talent when it comes to get going forward. Yeah, yeah. And should should he not just play him further forward now? Did the do Liverpool not need to go go out in January, go out in in next summer, and buy another right back and push him forward? Because he can't play midfield. Yeah, I think you could anyway. Think... He's terrible defensively. I mean, mm. I know, I know, Klopp stuck up for him, which I suppose is like you know, it's it's good that he's he's sticking up for his player players and stuff after what Southgate said. But he, he's he's terrible. He, yeah. Again, yesterday, like against Brighton, he he was at fault for for well, goals. And, I, yeah. think, I think I think like anything, there's loads of stuff around social media. I think this, the Liverpool strategy wasn't defending their own half. Liverpool's strategy is the Gigi press, which is winning the ball. Yeah. Outside of their box, so they haven't had to do a lot of that stuff. Now they now you seen the clip of Brighton, that new guy. They were playing out from the back. Yeah, yeah. The was all over the place. They were bump, bump in, out through. They're not used to that. Teams coming and having a go at them, so they're on the back foot. And the back four, the back six or whatever you call, it, have got to defend properly. And they're like, shit, our references are all over the place. They're pressing at the wrong times because they're not used to. They used to just saying, get up high, get after them. So listen. Um, what I'm gonna I'm gonna do a really quick shout out, right? And it's kind of the underdog story. Where's all the Frank Lampard haters now? Where have they gone? They've gone hiding. The guy has got them in eleventh in the league, and they're on. They've kept the. They've kept. They've let only eight goals in in the league. That is the best. So Kyle, me, and you, and all of us probably thought he was sacked. Me included. I thought him and so fair play to them. They're not out of the woods yet. Fair play, he's dragging them. Disgusting to watch. Crap football, but he's finding the Rafa style of getting them up the league. And and I think fair play. So, and obviously Wolves, the manager got sacked. Yeah, he's large is gone, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Large, yeah. Bruno Large, yeah. So who'll be the next Wolves manager? We've got no idea, but it's Brendan Rodgers. He'll be Brendan Rodgers will be the next Wolves manager. You heard it here first. Breaking news yeah, from Breaking news. news. I also want to shout out to Is he getting sacked first or is he? <laughs> no, he's going to do both. Nah, I think he'll get sacked after this week. I think he'll lose this week and he'll get sacked. Brendan. Anyway, but apparently, Leicester can't afford us actually to pay him off. That's why Leicester oh. can't sh- sack him. Apparently, can't afford I d- to pay him. I did read something. I think it is going to be a make or break uh, game from tomorrow night. I yeah. did read that apparently the yeah, Forest. Yeah. Um, so, so apparently, the. Um, the chairman is going to be there for the first time in six weeks. Oh. <laughs> mm. So the board of confidence. <laughs> well, I think I think that could be a shootout because Cooper, although he was unbelievable last season, I think there's a massive pressure on him. So yeah. I'm not one for that, but pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, okay, let's go to the northeast roundup. Um, 
Steph or Kyle, we'll keep it short and sweet. But Sunland, let's go to let's go to Middlesbrough first. Middlesbrough first. Steph, you want to round yeah. it up? Yeah. So obviously, really disappointing result for 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 Borough, um, losing to Coventry. Um, I really don't know where they're going to go, Borough, with Wilder. It's a, it's a really funny situation with him. Obviously, um, there was rumours last week that his head was turned in terms of the Bournemouth vacancy. Um, whether that's true or not, we don't know. But um, he came out and, and, and said some... He, he threw one of his players under the bus after the game yesterday. I think he said something about Dyke Steele, the, the, the fullback. Um and and I think when you start doing that, you're on a slippery slope. And I feel like he was already on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is there's plenty of fans that seem just you know that if if his heart's not in it, let's just move on. Um, so really disappointing result for them. They're they're they're, they're really struggling down there. Uh, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, and I was just saying, I just seen something else. He, another spiky little thing he said. Steph was. The striker for Coventry, you probably pronounce it better, but is it Goikes who scored against them? He said, oh, yeah, we tried to sign him in the summer. He's one of the best strikers in the league, and he's just scored against us. So I think there's a lot of spike, a lot of needle around Wilder right now, and it'll be interesting to see. I've, I've said it from, like you said, I've said it from day one. I think something's going to happen, and it's wet. I just don't know what's going to happen there, but let's see. Um, I think, um, just quickly, uh, it's. It, I think there's a game of cat and mouse going on between Wilder and Steve Gibson. I think mm-hmm. they have a diff- they've had a difference of opinion on recruitment over the summer, um, and I think Gibson doesn't want to sack him because he'll have to pay him off, and I think Wilder obviously is trying to force something. Like I, I, I think there's a game of cat and mouse going on there, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds in the next week or two, but they need, they need some results quick. Yeah. What any thoughts on that, Kyle? Not not loads, because I think like who who actually watches Minoza play? <laughs> um, so I watched them on the I watched the highlights, so I didn't actually see much of the game, but it it's like they've got they've got no conviction, they've got no belief. So I think that's the only thing I can really judge off the highlights. Would you change the manager? I like Wildan, I think when it comes to it, when it, I think there could be a dogfight, by the way. There could definitely yeah. be in a dogfight come down the season. But if he's throwing a dummy out and doesn't want to be doesn't want to do the job, then I think you've got to change the manager, you've got to get someone in that sort of it's gonna Some, keep the... sometimes managers and, pl- and clubs just don't marry. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not it's not a reflection of you're a bad manager or anything. sometimes yeah. you go in, the circumstances just aren't right. Like they really aren't. So Okay, so Sunland, who wants to start us off on Sunland AFC? Um, I'll go. I know I had a bit of banter with like with our friends that are our Mackums, but it's not. It's like now I had them on on BBC uh, Newcastle yesterday. I was listening to some of the Mackums talk before we did this, and they do, they do they do seem upbeat. They do seem on the up as a club, and for them to get forty one thousand fans yeah. and I know we would we would have got fifty two thousand but I know they get forty one thousand is is good and they are playing pressing but they're gonna I think they're gonna start dropping points. They do miss Stuart, they do miss Sims and they haven't got anyone to sort of replace them. Diallo doesn't really replace replace them, replace them the other lad that they've got who's a wide player isn't the same sort of player. So if they if they don't get Stuart back quick the, and Sims obviously has went by Everton for scans. They could be in a bit of trouble, and they haven't got that sort of creative player. To well, they've got the creative players. They haven't got something to just finish the chance. But I think they sort of they kept a clean sheet in there. And the, one of the guys just saying they only had one actual defender on the plane. They had more of the midfielders playing in defence, like O'Neill. But 
I'm still loving, still loving how the stuff and the net promoted them. They don't stand an absolute chance. Good, good, good stuff, Kyle. Steph, oh, I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit with Kyle. You know, I think that I know Ross Stewart oh. is a massive player for them, um, and, and he will be a miss. But I think, I think, I mean, they've scored. I think they've scored like six goals or something in the last. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but they've scored a few goals in the last last couple of home games. So they can do it without them. I think there'll just be games where they're coming up against they're coming up against tough opposition that are tough to break down, and and then they just haven't got like that that person who unlocks the unlocks the door. But I think they're I think they're going to be in and around the playoffs. I really do. I think they're they're definitely going to whether mm-hmm. they, they can whether they can stick it the entire season. I don't know, but I think they'll be. I think they're, they're going to carry on this good form. I think Mowbray's um, come in and he's been a breath of fresh air and. Um, I think it's still positive. I, I think I think they're they're doing fine. They are on the up, and I know I said yeah. to one of the lads yesterday, that, and I was comparing to them when we were in the championship, and we were sort of on a downward spiral. When you're on it up in the championship, I think anything can sort of happen if you're on the sort of that you've got the buzz, and you've seen loads of clubs come from go from League One to Championship, then straight into the Premier League. Norwich did it a couple of years ago with Alex Neal, so it could happen. I know. Fingers crossed it doesn't, but it could. I wouldn't mind a derby, to be fair. I wouldn't mind to put five past them again. No, that's good. And, and and you look at that Preston game, obviously it's disappointing, but Preston have set like nearly are gonna set a league record this season for clean sheets. They don't mm. score any goals, but they don't bloody concede. I'll tell you that now. They they actually set a record of seven in a row. And I think Freddie Woodman's in goal for them now as well. So he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair play to them. So I know the Sunderland lads weren't actually too disappointed when I spoke to them yesterday. They were like, yeah, Preston, like they're just literally like unpenetrable. So so yeah, we um yeah, good stuff. So quick predictions. Um quick predictions on that, and we're gonna move on to Newcastle. We'll go Borough, Birm- Borough at home to Birmingham, nice and quick. One no loss. Steph. Nil nil draw. Millwall away for Borough. Hot this go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a point. No no. Three one nil no, one. Okay, so basically what you're saying is Chris Wilder's gone. If he's not gone in the first game, he's gone in the second game. So Sunderland to move back and stay in the playoffs and cement them positions. Sunderland at home to Blackpool, where I should spend a lot of my holidays. At home to Blackpool. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Blackpool. 2-0 uh, Sunderland. Go on then. Uh, this is a tough one away to Swansea. Um, up to Swans, 3-0 Swansea. Oh, nil nil, <laughs> nil nil. So four points for Sunderland, none for Kyle. One. So <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough gig. So everyone, we're actually coming at you here on Monday, the day after we record the episode. The reason why we've done that is because. There's been a very important sacking in the Northeast and kind of, I didn't want to predict it, but I threw it out there in pre-season and Kyle backed us on it and Steph's also. So it's been a hot topic. Um, Chris Wilde has been sacked. We've woke up this morning. He's been sacked. So what we've decided to do is get that instant reaction from our resident um, Borough fan, David Borley. David, what's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I'm... Uh... Wasn't totally unexpected. Obviously, you called it, um, but I'm still a bit shocked it's happened as quick as it has. Mm. Um, 
looking at the fans' reactions, they, I think it seems to be about 50-50 on social media. Yeah. Um, some are blaming Gibson, blaming the recruitment staff um, for the downturn and some blaming Wilder. So I think the, the fans are fairly sort of split. Um, but they certainly weren't calling for his head um, mm-hmm. too much, not enough to force Gibson into action. So I think there's been been a bit more happening behind the scenes than we're aware of. Yeah, I think you're right. What what word would you use? So when a manager gets sacked, it's sometimes like, hooray, oh my God, I'm gutted. Or what's the emotion? What's the emotion that comes out now it's actually happened, Bowley, to you personally? Uh, I'm still disappointed. I, I think mm-hmm. I think we still could have been onto something with Wilder and I can understand why he's gone. But I'm certainly not particularly excited about you know what's to come. It's not like one of those where you think, thank God he's gone. Um, mm. Some might disagree with us, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit sort of anxious as to where we go from here. Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting word. And I think it's it's just a strange one that it just hasn't worked out, Bowley, isn't it? It's just really weird because competitive manager, a good manager by all accounts, it kind of seemed like it should work, if you know what I mean. This one, I, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I think he'll probably get a better job when he leaves Borough. It's really strange, isn't it? Usually when you're sacked, you usually go down a couple of levels. I could actually see him getting a Premier League job next. It's really weird because his stock is still high and he's got you in the relegation zone. I think you're right, Bowley. I think if you give him another 30-odd games, he would have got you out of this for sure. But I think the fact that he's got you in the mess is why he's got sacked. A little bit of a mess. And I think that Gibson's probably shocked, but... I, I'm looking at it from the outside. I'd be gutted and disappointed just because he's, yeah, it just hasn't worked out, eh? But yeah, yeah, it it looked like a long term, a long term decision bringing Wilder in, and it looked as though you know that was the way the club was going to go, and he'd be there for quite a long time. But like you say, it wasn't the be. I, I think the the final straw, what makes us think a bit more behind the the scenes was he'd started coming out in the press and he was naming and shaming players who'd made mistakes mm. and. The comment about um Giocares, the Coventry striker who we'd been linked with in the yes. summer. Yeah. That was a dig at the club it had to be to say, you know, to come out and name him as the best player in the league. I actually mentioned that on the on the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast, we're literally a couple of minutes up beyond, but I mentioned that last night. I thought that was really spiky. And that was it. Yeah. I think he's angling. I think he I think he knows the recruitment wasn't great over the summer. I don't think they're his players, and there's nothing worse as a manager when you're working with players who just aren't your characters or your type of players. So I could see this coming a mile off over the summer, just some little things. And um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. You know, it has happened, but, you know, you know, I guess what's next, Paul? You're anxious. And I I know why you're anxious, because when you look down that list of uh, Betfred and, and Sky Sports, all the next managers, come on, then, like, Paulie, tell us. I'm going to ask you three parts of this. Who do you want? Who's your dream appointment? Who's the bookies' favourites and who who's one to watch and who's the safe bet? Who do you think will probably just maybe just go, he's a safe bet? Yeah, I mean, the dream appointment is the most difficult one because, like say, you're looking at looking at that list and it's a bit like sitting down at a, a restaurant looking at the menu and realising that all the starters sound crap. It's, <laughs> you've got to pick one, but hopefully it'll work out. But yeah, there's nobody there, not not a dream appointment. Um, okay. You know, uh, it's you're obviously talking about all the, the best coaches in the world, which we're clearly never going to get. But um, who do you want them, Bowley? If you had to say from a realistically, 
You're not going to get your dream appointment, which is a shame, but who realistically, out of the names that are being banded around, who do you personally want? I mean, there's a couple of interesting ones. Um, Mark Bonner, who's at Cambridge, he's only 36-year-old, got them promoted, kept them up last season, and they're going quite well this season. Mm. So, you know, possibly an exciting young coach. Um, yeah. Out of the, the list, he's the one that I would probably go for. Mm-hmm. Um so the, I mean the the bookie's favourite is is Rob Edwards at the moment. Um again he did very well with Forest Green, got them promoted, and then was sacked after eleven games for Watford. Um so he, he's basically performed almost exactly the same as Wilder has this season, but mm-hmm. arguably with a better team. Yeah. Um so would that necessarily be a, a big improvement? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um similar but that's... To what you're saying that Bonner lad, similar to the to Rob Edwards, doing well at the lower league club, had a jump, took a chance, didn't work out poorly. So it's a really crucial appointment next because you could find if you bring a Bonner in and in 10 games' time he's only won one, he'll be gone, goals. He'll be gone. That that's yeah. how that's how cutthroat it is. They've almost made decision. Gibson's saying we are not tolerating everything lower than, than bottom half. And and almost you're in a dogfight now. And if this Bonner comes in, he gives them a bonus. If he does come in, you know, fantastic. And he does well. We all want young managers to do well. But if he doesn't, he literally, his career could be, well, I suppose it hasn't hurt. Um, it hasn't hurt Rob Edwards, though. So, but yeah, two two good young managers. Is that where your head is, Bowley? Or is that just what the bookies are going? Do you like that? Do you like them appointments? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we've gone with a bit of experience with the exception of Woodgate. Mm. Um, but obviously, Woodgate. You know, a big name and a lot of um, experience at the top level as a player. Yeah, but we've gone with experience recently with Poulos and Warnock, and um, you know, and it hasn't really sort of kicked, you know, kicked us on anyway. Mm. Um, so you've got that sort of merry-go-round of the same managers that you know keep coming and going all the time, um, and that's what I think we need to avoid really. So who's your safe bet, Bowley? Who would be? Who would be if Gibson says right, just someone to come in, steady the ship. Out of a job, who who's that guy? Who do you think is the safe bet? I mean, the, the two you're looking at on that list, it's Sean Deitch, mm-hmm. which I don't think is going to happen. Right. Um, he's made no secret of the fact he, he hates Borough, and the Borough fans have made no secret that said that they hate wow. him. Wow. Um, going back a long, long time. Um, you've then got probably Scott Parker. Mm. Um little bit of yo-yo with him you know he's took over at Fulham took them up took them back down again and then he got sacked Bournemouth he got promoted and then possibly had harshly sacked but again that was for calling up, going out with the club after the Liverpool game yeah. so I, I think if we're looking at someone just to keep us up for the season and then rebuild again which is basically what Warnock did when he came in after Woodgate then we're looking at Parker and and, and Deitch out of that list really Bowley, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there, and it's only because you know I know he, he you know what he did at Leeds, he, you know he's gonna be a legend for, forever there, and he and, and people talk about him being one of the greatest coaches of all time, without really the trophies in the cabinet to back it all up. But he it's 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 Bielsa now. Middlesbrough aren't too far from Leeds in terms of um, uh, geography. Would he not come? Would that not be seen as the type of club he could go into and just instantly? With a different type of tactical awareness, a different approach, a radical approach, just absolutely galvanize that club, or is it a match 
made in hell? I'm not sold on it. Mm. I think when he came into Leeds, they threw quite a bit of money at him. Yeah. And, you know, they signed some decent players and he went, he played that exciting football that the fans like and it worked for them. But I remember when COVID hit, um, there, there was some talk at Leeds that if they didn't go up, they'd be in serious trouble with financial fair play. Mm-hmm. So they, they had spent big and they did invest and we haven't got that sort of investment. Yeah. So will he be able to come in and do something with this squad? Yeah, possibly. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think he would probably keep us up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's as safe as Parker and Dice. He is a bit of a roll of the dice. Yeah. But you know you're going to fall in love with the guy. You know, that's the thing. He's, he's such a <laughs> yeah. romantic. He does. There's something about him. You know, he helped. I hated Leeds at one point. And then when he took over Leeds with my second favourite team, he doesn't speak a word of English. But there's something about that guy. The players will just step it up. You'll get an instant bounce, Bowley. I'm not saying it's going to be over three years. You would certainly get the instant bounce. So if you could get a hold of Bielsa, if you could convince him, he's not on that list. I don't know if he's retired. I don't know what's going on, but I would love to see Bielsa at the Borough. I'd probably go and watch a few games because his principles are off the charts. They're crazy, a bit outlandish, but if he gets the right personnel and the right players bought into it and the fans bought into it, all of a sudden you'll get that community back like what Wilder did last season. So, Bowley, do you think, last question, do you think anyone will be in place by the game on Wednesday or Saturday? No. So you think no. it's going to be a, when do you think we'll see the next manager in? I, I get that. I do get the impression that this is a little bit of a knee jerk reaction from Gibson, which isn't like him. But it, mm. I think after the comments from Wilder in the press, yeah. um, they've installed Leo Persevich. Yes. Um, now, Leo, the fans absolutely love him. Yeah. Um, hard, isn't you it? know, and if you look at his story, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's sort of it's tragedy and all the rest of it with his family and his kids and, um, and the Borough fans absolutely love him. I, I don't know. He's got no experience at the at yeah. the, the helm. Um, but I think the fact that he's been named straight away that he's going right. to be in charge means that he's going to be there for a couple of games, maybe, while they try and sort something out there. Yeah, more permanent. So maybe um, get these two games out of the way. Give Leo a shot. If Leo wins them both, does he become a shock contender or is that just not on the agenda? I suppose it depends how the recruitment goes with everybody else. It's mm-hmm. um, the, the longer it goes on, if if Leo's winning matches, um, okay. you know, and he's a sort of character who could give us a bit of a bounce, and the the, the players will play for him. They'll, they'll want to win for him. So is it right, Catamol? Is it let has been named as, yeah. as well? I mean, Jesus, that's going to be a yeah. sideline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, Catamol. Not much experience, but it's a shout though, Bowley. If they want to go in, yeah. you know what I mean. It's a shout. Just promote them. You never know. You get. You'll have a lot of instant respect. What you need in these positions is you either come in and you tactically blow the players away, and they're like, "Oh my god, I've never seen this before," and they have a bounce, or they're just inspired from day one. And you know, like a Catamol and you know, and Leo just all of a sudden just give them this energy. You know, it's how the players respond to it. So, balls. Listen, I predicted it. I think a few have seen it coming, but it's not nice. I'm actually a bit like empty, like looking at it. I'm like a bit gutted because Wilder's a good manager, but I know for a fact he'll probably move on to something not better, but he'll get it. He'll get another job somewhere, and probably in the Premier League. I've got a funny feeling. You never know, but uh, I'm sure he get a nice little payoff as well. So let's not cry too much about it. <laughs> Absolutely. But Bowley, it's been a, um, brilliant to have you on. Instant breaking news on the pod on the podcast. Um, 
it'd be interesting to see how this sounds on the podcast because we're chipping it back in a day late. So I wish this happened yesterday morning, Bowley. It would have been nice. But anyway, Dave, I'll uh, I'll see you soon. You've got the big 40th coming up soon. And um, good luck. And I'll, I'll be seeing you soon. All right, big guy? Cheers, mate. See you, man. See ya. So talking about Newcastle, what a, what a performance over the weekend. Kyle, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the game, but what were your thoughts on Newcastle's big performance yesterday? Um, so I, I missed the first half. I think it was the first half of missing ages. I was working. But I got to see the second half. And it was just, as I've described, it was just liquid football. We looked like, I know we're playing against 10 men, but we looked like the dominant side. The football was brilliant. Everyone was working hard. We'd look, every time we attacked, it looked, looked like we were going to score. Um, all I've really wrote down, to be fair, was... <clears throat> is a couple of shout outs really. I look just Bruno is just Bruno. He's unbelievable. When he gets on the ball, you know he's gonna do something with it. Like that pass I know Miggy's getting the plaudits for the goal, but that pass was also brilliant. Um Miggy. <laughs> we've talked about him already. Um he deserves it. Like I love him. I love his smile. Like I wish he got that hat trick, but just, just like, what a star. And I hope I really hope that this is at the start of like we're gonna start seeing him score more goals. He's got three already. His highest he's ever got for us in the league is four. So hopefully wow. he can start hopefully yeah. he gets a few more. He's beat the record already. He's had a better season. That's all you can ask for is that players have better seasons than the last. Um and I think it was a, when I was watching Batman play, he just looks the the Rolls Royces of a set of a centre half, as people are describing him. And I know a lot of people have maybe doubted him a little bit, but you just watch yep. him play and you know for definite that he's probably going to be a future captain for us. He's going to be a future leader and a future player that's going to take us into the Champions League, into the... Into he's the good, uh, he is. He's, um, he's, I love him. He's brilliant. And the final one I'm going to put out there, Dan Byrne has to go to the World Cup. I'm going to put I, don't out. Dis- I don't disagree. He has to. Like, he's done well left back. He's done well as a centre half. And I'm not saying put him in the side over Stones and Tomori, but oh my and Mings and Cody, he's got to be in the side. He's got to be going. He's got to be on that plane. I've got uh, Gareth's number. Do you want to give him a call right now? I'll or call. I'll have to take Wilson as well because Wilson looked back at his best and I'm glad that we're protecting him. Why don't you meet him in the strawberry? Meet him in the strawberry and, and sort it out. Shearer's is more my vibe. So. Shearer's bar, okay. Yeah, maybe, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll arrange that. So talking about Champions League, buddy, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade into something here. So just some stats. Newcastle had 605 passes against Fulham yesterday, which is Champions League material. That is Barcelona-esque. That is Man City-esque. They're getting the five. When you're getting 500 plus passes a game, you are tearing teams apart. Now, Steph will talk about, I'm sure, they had a man sent off, Mitrovic goes off injured. And I, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. I actually said we'd lose 2-1 in this game. Now, the only reason I said we'd lose 2-1 was because both of you said that Newcastle going to win. I was trying to be clever and do the opposite. <laughs> but I'll be honest. No, I'm going to, I'll be absolutely honest. I thought this was going to be a lot tougher than we thought. And I'm going to throw it out to Steph in a little bit about if that red card doesn't happen, is it a tougher game? Because I'm not sure. But anyway, we had... Um, 19 shots on goal to their three. They had one on target and scored from it, which I know annoyed Steph. She was raging from the 60th minute. She said, I want a clean sheet. And I was like, chill, man, chill. We had seven offsides, which is a lot. I know that's with VAR. We had seven offsides, scored two disallowed bloody goals. 
We had eight corners. That now takes us to 97 corners without any return from him. Wow. And, and, and the commentator actually said, I love the variation of Newcastle. And I said, it's brilliant. It looks great. But we've got to get someone to get on the end of Botman. I don't know if that was off a corner. I don't think it was. I think it was from a clip in when he's headed it anyway. But anyway, quick fact for you. Our XG this season, XG from the game is 3.93. So basically, we scored four goals. We were expected to score four. Um, our XG this season is 2.08. Now, under Brucey, it was 1.29. So we've nearly gone up a goal every game under Eddie Howe. So some big stats there that are shown and proven that we are on the right direction after eight games. So, Steph, I'm going to hand it over to you. Yes, Fulham went down to 10 men early and it was a red card. Um, I don't think... I know Silva was was obviously unhappy with that during the game, all throughout. He was moaning, I think, in the referee yeah, and then even afterwards as well. Um, but no, it was, a re- it was definitely a red card. Um, would the game have been as easy... With 11 v 11, no. No, it wouldn't have been. But um, before the red card in those five minutes, Newcastle started really well. Um, I, th- I thought they, were, they just looked, we just looked up for it. Um, things just seemed to be clicking into place, passing the ball well. Um, Mitrovic played, what, 43 minutes before he went off? Yes, for a large chunk of that, he was he was probably isolated because of the, the gone down um, man. But... He didn't get a sniff. He, he didn't. He didn't get a sniff out of out of uh, our defenders, and I honestly think that we would have won that game regardless. Was Mitrovic injured though? Obviously, he went off in thirty five. Do you think he was think he was crocked well before that or not? Or I, I'm not sure um, whether he whether he was fully fit or not, or whether that's he's, he's just kind of. I think he jumped up. Might have gone up for a header or something, um, and whether he's landed on that ankle, which was a bit fragile from from international duty, I don't know, but. Um, well, I just think you know. There's we're, we're on, like you said, we're we're going in the right direction. We're we're playing decent football. Um, you know, people referring to it as how ball now. Like obviously, last last game against against Bournemouth, we had a lot of possession, we had a lot of shots, a lot of chances, and it was poor. But I think we'll really start to see. We'll really reap the rewards from that. I think the team are are, are finding their feet with with how he wants to play. Um. I really enjoyed watching them yesterday. It was great. I think they, they got rid of them demons because you know how frustrated we were against Bournemouth. I think I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who were negative, but you've also seen a lot of people saying, we're ready to absolutely hammer someone. Um, the only disappointment was it wasn't a 6-0. Like I, I changed my score for a joke on Twitter and said 2-1 Fulham to 6-0 because literally we murdered them with the two goals that were offside. Miggy scored one that was offside. Uh, Fraser's gone through. He left it to Willock. Like Anderson came on, had a great cameo appearance. You know, even you know Jacob Murphy had a really solid game. And with Maxi coming back, um, I don't know. I don't know how long Isaac's going to be out for, guys. I, I haven't really heard anything. I don't know if there's Kyle. You're usually good with the injuries. I think or, I, yeah. I heard something about it. I read something about it being towards November, maybe getting towards more than like the November time. I think he, he'd be gutted if he missed that game, like because I think you could have got it. A brace, a couple of goals, yeah. definitely had he been playing. So I think it'd be gutted to miss it, but hopefully we can get him back um, soon because I think I just, there's definitely things to do with him and to play alongside Wilson as well. I think he can. I think he can play coming from the right. So it'll be exciting to see, especially when um, Max is back. But then again, 
as yeah. I'm yeah. just done, I mean, done enough. Cause the problem now, yeah, yeah. Some problems. Exactly. But... I think he deserves to stay on the side. He's like I said, he's done well since 2022. So, Steph, a... just quickly, I'm going to bring you back in. She showed me the Twitter of the team said, Oh my god, the fans have gone into meltdown. And when you look at the team, you're like, Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But Steph, they, they did superb. So let's let's go into your, your player scores, Steph, and, and, and let's get your player scores. Um obviously positive, positive week, so positive scores. Um Nick Pope, uh seven and a half. I, I think he's kind of the lowest score, and it's not that's not because he didn't have a good game. I think you just didn't have like you say, they only had one shot and they scored from it. Um I know me Martin, when you talked about whether he could have done better for the goal with the cross coming in. I don't think that was his down to him. I think that was that was the defenders. They would come on and Jamal Lewis, um, just you know they were they weren't organised. They they're not Jamal Lewis isn't normally there. You know the communication's probably just broken down there. Whether Pope could have came and, and got that or, or whatever. Um, Trippier, eight point five. Um, Botman, eight point five. I agree with Kyle. I think he looks absolutely. He's really grown. He's every every time he like plays for us. I think he's he's getting better. He won a hundred percent of his aerial duels. 100% of his ground duels, he's, he was brilliant. Um, Cher, 8.5 again. Um, he um, had he completed the most passes out of every Newcastle player, um, which was about, I think it was something like 92%. Um, again, another another great game for him. Dan Byrne, 8, did well at left-back, although obviously I just don't think he was... He, he wasn't tested a great deal, was he? But he did the job. Um, Sean Longstaff, I think the, the, the kid doesn't always get... Um, Get a, get a positive rap from people, but I thought he was fantastic. I give him a nine. Mm, uh, yeah. He got his goal, uh, but he was everywhere as well. Um, Joe Willock again, fantastic nine, two assists. Um, was lucky not to score himself. Um, when he went through and kind of tried to bend it around the keeper, um, would have been nice for him to get a goal. Bruno, uh, Bruno eight point five. I think Bruno was fantastic. I, I'm not marking him down there because I didn't think he. I just thought that Willock and Longstaff were. For, for you know where they've come from and and they haven't had the best start of the seasons and people have been getting on their backs a little bit. I thought they were brilliant. Um, Almiron, obviously, I gave him man of the match nine point five. I think he probably would have got a ten had he got his hat trick. Um, he was just fantastic. Wilson eight point five, back on back in the team, back on the score sheet. You just when he plays, you just you, you just know he's going to score, don't you? He's just so confident. He's just Most so clinical. Player. Most important player we've got. Yeah. Agree with that, yeah. and then Jacob Murphy. Um, Jacob Murphy and eight. Um, he's a funny one, Jacob Murphy, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's quite. He can be quite wasteful with the ball, and he was he was to some degree a little bit wasteful yesterday. But he does his running does cause problems, and he does work hard. I think so. Um, yeah, all in all, really, really positive, positive performance from from everyone. Yeah, we needed it. We really needed it after last week because even Eddie said, like you know. That that performance was huge in terms of a poor start, a medium start to a very good start. Now we're up to seventh now, people. Is that right? Yeah, seventh? it's about sixth or seventh. Yeah, shouldn't say we because we are a, the People's Football Podcast, but we are three Geordies. We love our club, but we love football as well. So I'm going to get your score predictions for Brentford next week, and just to let you know, War Flags, which we're going to talk about later, I've got a special display about our one year anniversary, which we're going to talk about in the next little segment. So. Brentford scores. Should I go first? Because I'm finding that because I'm ahead, I'm starting to panic a bit. Oh, yeah. I'm looking over the shoulder. You... I am nervous and I'm you starting never to, mention to it. rig it again. Like you did this week, try to rig it. I, I'm going to rig it. I. So 
I'll just let you know, I'm on 11, Steph's on 8. Kyle, you're you're on 4, you've moved off two points for one. Yeah, yeah, So I'm, I'm going to go, Brentford are no mugs, but they're coming off the back of a draw and a defeat. Ivan Tony. I'm not going to get too excited. I know Mitrovic, because he was a, without it. You know what? I've got the number three in my head. I'm doing a Yuri Geller here, and I've got the number one. I'm going to say 3-1, three, 3-1 one, three, one Newcastle. Come on, the two. What are you going to say? 2 0, 2 1. Steph will go 2 0. Boring, boring, Steph. 2 0. Why is that boring? Why is that boring? It's bloody boring. (laughs) I'm going to go for. um, I'm going to go 1 0. I'm going to go 1 0. 1 0. Boo, boring, boring, Steph. 4 0. Get up, lads. Come on, I'm going to even go with a Wilson brace, a Miggy Armour, and is going to score the third. And then mm. Sven Botman's going to score off a corner and he's going to come to Shush Martin. And get <laughs> on the 100th corner. They're going to wait for the 100th corner and he's going to shush That'd be some story, to be fair. You know what, though? It's Steph who wound me up. Some, one of you told me it was 89, so I've kept a little a little thing on it. <laughs> so what? Oh, a clean sweep for Newcastle. So either way, guys, I'm going to get two points if we win and I'm not going to be it. So I'm just going to copy off you guys all season now. I want to stay ahead of you. But no, I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to this. So listen... What I've got next is a little a little game for you guys. So I hope you're ready. So this is going to give it a clue. This bit of music is going to give it a clue. You're ready. <laughs> Does that work? Can you play that again? <laughs> can't hear anything. You can't hear it? Can <laughs> oh. <laughs> you hear anything? Oh, well, that's not going to work. She's my sugar pie. This game is called... Kyle's Hooker Pricey Pies. All right? Why is my name for this? I've got no idea. Do rock, paper, scissors, and you've got to go on shoot. You use two against each other. So you've you got to shout it out as well so, so the listeners know. Ready? Rock. Go on, shout it out. You do, Kyle. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Put your hand up, Kyle. Oh, to Ready? Ready? Go, go. Quicker. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah, uh, Kyle, never lose. Kyle, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right, so this is the price of pie in the Premier League. So unless you know how much pies cost in the Premier League and you're really into it, some people are. It's like train spotting. They love pie spotting. Um, Kyle, you've been to a few away games, so you might know. So listen, how we're going to start this is eight clubs. You've got to say higher or lower. So Kyle, you get the first guess and Steph gets to counter that. So I'm going to start with Leicester. Leicester's pies cost £4. Is Nottingham Forest lower or higher than that, Kyle? Higher. Steph? Lower. One point to Steph. You're kidding. Yes. So, Steph, it goes to you now, 1-0. Is Bournemouth's higher than Nottingham Forest or lower than Nottingham Forest? Higher. Kyle? Higher. So I'm Southerners. Okay, one point each. Well done. So it's 2-1 to Steph. So this is a tough one. Is Newcastle's pies higher or lower than Bournemouth? Kyle. Lower. Steph, you had a pie the other week. I can't remember if it was you or not. Did you have a pie? I didn't have a pie. <laughs> oh, who was it? Right, okay. 
Uh, moving on quickly, quickly. Moving on. Um, <laughs> higher or lower? Higher. Um, it's higher. What? Three, three pounds sixty. Bloody hell. Anyway, right. Who's it? Who's it? Who's it? Steph. Now, Fulham's higher or lower than Newcastle? Higher. Kyle. Higher. Both right. Fulham's London, higher. I'll London the prices. Price. Yeah. Everton definitely. is Everton's higher or lower than Fulham's? Kyle. Lower. Steph. Lower. Correct. Is Liverpool's higher or lower than Everton's? Liverpool's pies, their rival neighbours. Is it higher or lower than Everton's? My first. Who is it? Is it you, Kyle? It's me, it's me yeah. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to be brave. Steph. Higher. Higher. Higher is right. That's just cheating. How much? Everton's a 330. Liverpool's a 340. So... The neighbours, or, or kind of the rivals, is Manchester United's pies higher than Liverpool's or lower? Steph? Higher because all of Man United's fans are from London, so they'll pay higher prices. Oh, shots oh, fired, shots fired. That was late five minutes. Um, I'm going to go... I'm trying to remember. I'm going to go higher, just because it's United. Yeah, high is right. High is right. Yeah. Steph, you like your pies, mind. You're all over this. Loving it. Is Man City's pies higher and lower than my United's? Now, my United's pies are £3.90. Higher or lower, Man City's? Double points on this. Double points. Is it me first again? Yeah. Oh, um, so higher than £3.90 or lower? I'm going to go I'm going to go lower. £3.70 I'm going to go for. £3.70, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go lower as well. It is actually higher. Four oh. pounds from high at Man City. Right. So whoever gets this wins everything. If you get it, so at the minute Steph's winning. But if if you get this, so a, a staff place in England, I don't know if it's a real thing, but I went on the internet and checked. They they did a survey and they they asked which ground does the best pie. Now Morecambe apparently is the best pie in the football league, but out of the Premier League top twenty teams, who was number one? Who was who got voted number one best pie? And I'll give you a word of advice. It wasn't any of the teams I've just said there. Okay, it wasn't any of those teams. So who wants to go first? It definitely wasn't Wolves because when I went to Wolves, I saw a Baltic pie and they gave me a steak and ale pie. So it definitely wasn't them. Um, I'm gonna go for. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. 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 We haven't even mentioned. I'm gonna go for Brentford. I felt like they they were doing nice pies. Steph. I'm going to go with Chelsea. Oh, close. So Brentford was actually named bottom bottom of the league. <laughs> That's the only other stat I knew. Brentford was <laughs> bottom. And top was Tottenham. Oh, that was what I was going to say, Tottenham. Chelsea. So what is your favourite pie, Kyle? What's your favourite pie? I normally go for a bolty pie. That's what I normally go for. Bolty pie, yeah. Oh, has got it wrong. Steph, what's your favourite pie? Just I would agree with, I would agree with Kyle there, bolty. Faulty pie. Mine would be a uh, caviar and champagne pie. I really like that type of pie. It's lovely. Really nice pie, guys. So... Is that what you had the other week with your other missus? Yeah, with me. Yeah. With the other, other missus getting pie. With the wives. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, people. We're moving on from this uh, from this nonsense of me having six wives. Not Henry VIII, you know. <laughs> In the next part of our podcast, join us to celebrate and look back 
a, a fantastic year to be a Newcastle fan. One year ago, on the 7th of October 2021, Newcastle United were taken over. So the panel hosts a small little party and the beers are flown as we look back at a wonderful year. Something happened on the 7th of October, 2021. Is it 2022? Yeah. Where were you, Kyle, on the 7th of October, 2021? Um, I was actually doing a session at work at the time. And then I came home straight from work, put my me, uh, me kit on, and I got the I got some cans oh. and went straight to the stadium. That's where I went. That was Did you my, go to the stadium uh, as well? Did you go to the stadium? Yeah, I went to the stadium. I finished oh. work at 8 o'clock and I was at the stadium by nine. <laughs> And the police, the police were just starting to disperse people. So I got there as they were disperse. I didn't even know you went. I didn't even yeah, I know you went. You went to Amanda. That's class. No, I went by myself. Met someone there. I was straight, straight on the tube. Uh, not tube. I mean, not, not in London. Tube. Oh, which chick are you on about? Who the hell are you? Who are you? <laughs> on the tube. Steph, where were you? I know where you were, but where were you? I was at home looking after our son. And we got the news, weren't we, Steph? And I ran, I said, do you know what? Takeaway night is now tonight. And we went and went and uh, got a takeaway from the Jam Donny. Big shout out there. It was no, it wasn't Jam <laughs> Who was it? Who the hell was it? It was Jashin. The Jashin at Wickham, sorry. The Jashin, sorry. Rivals, rivals. Jam Donny's very reputable for sure, but we just, that's close to the Jashin's. Lovely. I had cans of San Miguel every 7th of October from now on. Yeah. Hayden, oh, yeah. Hayden, Hayden had his Newcastle United baby grow on for the occasion yeah, as well. Did. So we all know what happened, guys. It was it was the takeover. So nearly one year on, what's changed, people? What's changed? Tell us. Everything. Oh, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, it's 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 actually an understatement to say my whole life. I think like I think the takeover sort of helped me fall back another football, like seeing the buzz and feeling the buzz of like the no city and it's just it was <laughs> everything's changed hasn't it like it's, mm. it's crazy Steph yeah it's been it's been unreal I think the last 12 months have been for the first time in a long time enjoyable from a um, Newcastle perspective I think um, they've done so much haven't they like not just obviously you know it's easy to talk about you know the transfers and bringing in Eddie Howe and the, the the on the field side of it, but I think off the field as well. Um, how the, the sort of the clubs just united, or it it feels like it's united from top to bottom with war flags back back at back in the ground on match days. Um, the way that they've even tied up St James's Park, little things like that, just make the experience so much better. Um, and and just having owners, you know, that they're, they're at every game, you just feel like they're they're in it. They're in and and. They just want to see the club do well. They want to see the city thrive alongside the club. Obviously, they've bought the women's the women's team underneath the the club umbrella. Um, it's just it's just fantastic um, to be to be to be sort of around at this at this time because you know we have gone through a lot of um, 
disappointment, of uh, a lot of heartache, a lot of, oh God, toxic atmospheres around the ground. Um, it's just great to be part of it. And I think for me, um, I'm just really excited to see it's only a year in. And I think a lot of people need to remember it's, we've only, you know, we've only been on this journey for 12 months. Um, it's going to take time. It's not going to, we're not going to change the entire squad over to transfer windows. Um, you know, Howe's been in charge for nearly a year. Um, he's just kind of beginning to put his stamp on the, the team properly now. But yeah, just love love being along for the ride, really. Being like, go on. I, I don't think the owners have actually put a foot wrong yet. It's crazy. Like It's been such a good good ride and seeing them the club on the pitch has went from strength to strength but as, as a community and as like a united front we have went from strength to strength having the women's club back like you said having more flags there and it's been like all I all I had known all my life was like Ashley really and for obviously there was some good but predominantly it was heartbreak getting relegated get knocked out cups in the third round it was it was hard and to just feel the, the excitement again and to look forward to every game, like there's always a buzz when you know that you go into the game, there's a buzz again. You're not worried about are you gonna get beat. It's just like the last twelve months has been a bit, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It's been an up everything's it's been up and we're still we're still on the way up. And like Steph said, there's loads to come and I'm not I'm not expecting us to go and win stuff in this year, next year, or the year after. It's like it's a five year thing where fingers crossed we get the point where we're challenging everyone in Europe and as the famous banner says, we only ever wanted a team that tried. It's all we ever wanted. And we've got a team that tries and a team and a whole club that cares about us now. So it's understatement of how great it feels, really. I'm going I'm to put you kind of not on the spot, but I'm going to say what one thing would put the icing on the cake in the next two years and what one thing is going to take us to the next level it could be inside the ground it could be could be the stadium it could be a player it could be what's going to take us to the champions league the pinnacle and what thing is going to in the short term what thing would just put the icing on the cake for you i think for me for icing on the cake it'd be to see the academy produce at least two three players into the first team I know obviously Elliot Anderson's not on the door at the moment, but to have two more players like that, whether it's like could be the new guy from Australia, could be one of the lads that was brought in over the summer, or it could be someone that we produce ourselves, because we haven't done it in so long, and it'd be so good to have Jordy's playing in our Newcastle side. Um <clears throat> but fingers crossed, and I think for the Champions League, like what's gonna take us to the next level is there's still a few players, there's still a few positions that need to be improved. Um, obviously the training ground we know is getting approved, improved and fingers crossed it continues to get improved and having a super centre will attract better players and you begin to see it like we're not signing I know we've obviously signed experienced players which has been key but we've signed players that are quite young who have massive potential like Isaac like um, like Bruno like Botman players that can take us continue, sorry grow with the club players that can grow with the club players that we can build the club about. Like, build the club around. So that's the icing on your cake. The icing on your cake is academy player. Yeah. What's your icing on your cake? I think I know what mine is. I think and it's a it tough is. one. I think I think it's easy to say, you know, oh, let's win a cup or whatever. But I yeah. think that's for me, point, yeah. for, for me, it would be 
I think the the, the the bigger work actually has to happen away from the field. Uh, yes, we've got a lot of a lot of um, progression to go through. Like in terms of, I think we're like I said before. I think we're at least another two transfer windows away from having a squad that will compete in the high echelons of the Premier League. Um, and that doesn't bother me. I'm I'm happy to let that happen and just wait and see see how how we do progress that way. I think for me, it's off the field. I think it's I think it's you know the club has just been a, a, a skeleton, hasn't it, for so long. And I think it's, you know, the owners are obviously, they've put Dan Ashworth in place, they've bought in Darren Eels. Um, and, and one of the things I'll mention is is, is Newcastle's commercial operation. Because I think you, when you start, you know, ramping up your commercial operation, that's when you start getting more money in, which then obviously feeds down into, you know, being able to plug more money into the academy, being able to plug more money into the facilities. Um, I just I just feel like, if they can start putting those things in place, that's when you're going to see us turn from a club that's in transition to a club that's that's really kicking on. Um, it would be it would be you know putting us on the map around the world. We are already on the map around the world, but but you know making us that team that people. I'm not, I don't I'd want us to be people's second favorite team. That's that's not what I'm getting at. I think it's just that putting us on the map and 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 making the club into a more robust operational unit so one thing and let's not let's not be silly here we're still we're not a champions league team one thing you would change in the next few years is that going to be infrastructure is it going to be building that new academy is it is it changing anything on the pitch is there anything it's going to change to help us you know long term anything you know the ice on the cake is you know academy players coming through we're building a good infrastructure but is there anything you would change in the next year or two to help us get that goal quicker. The academy system is key. Um, like in, like uh, sort of like improving the academy and improving the like like I said mentioned that like having a super centre. But I think the like sort of the structure is there ready. You just need we just need the the, the super centre and sort of like the the players to coming through. I think that's the key thing. So, so nothing necessarily I don't think there's not, anything massive, no. Like you're not saying hey it's just a natural progression. That's what I'm hearing. And then as as each window comes, we yeah. buy clever. So if we're going to talk about that, it has to be on the pitch then because it seems like the work's getting done. I, I, which is like, I'm still harboring hopes of getting an extension in the stadium. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think that would be, for me, would be an icing on the cake in a league cup. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Unbelievable. I'd love to get the 60,000 because clubs will overtake us and we'll be the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, like, best supporter club in the league and that shouldn't be because we know we could sell St. James's six times over like easily and it's going to get worse so um, yeah go on then Kyle I know you, you've got your finger up there so yeah <laughs> yeah I'm in school put my finger up yeah. <laughs> um, I think what has been the ice in the cake in the last year and I think it's I, I know you've probably seen it like both of us working in the community with Newcastle it's been it's seeing all the kids with Newcastle kits on again you go to a session and 99.9% of kids is wearing a Newcastle strip with Bruno, Maximin, Wilson, Isaac on the back. It's it's like, it's so sort of surreal to see that there's no more kids wearing Man City kits. Yeah, yeah, it's still I the agree. odd one, but yeah. it's I, I absolutely love seeing all the kids in the turner in their brand new Newcastle kits or some even some are coming in like classic kits and it's like it's so mm-hmm. good to see the kids back in love with like our club. No, I, that's a great show, Kyle. I mean, we used to always form about on the Newcastle holiday camps. There would be 
will be Barcelona PSG. The odd yeah. Sunderland, the odd Sunderland one in the Newcastle holiday camp. We used to be like, God, I remember the days, and I feel like a dinosaur. Got Hashira nine on the back, Batty number <laughs> on the back, Ginola foot, and it just doesn't happen now. Numbers are becoming becoming synonymous with Newcastle, like Joe Linton seven. Me and you in the club shop. We scored Steph. Which cl- which shirt would you buy with a number on? She said Joe Linton. Oh, yeah. I yeah. on my back and we were like giggling like laughing about like who would you get on our trip here or you know what I mean it's exciting we we actually feel part of the club again and I think that's the great thing like Murdad and um, and Amanda at every single women game that's incredible yeah, yeah. so many other owners who were doing that and I think it's it's magic and one thing I think is the next step is just that consistency can we maintain this can we maintain this feel good feel because we've been hurt before We've been hurt before, and I just hope this anniversary isn't just a couple of years. And it's a let's hope this is a ten-year anniversary. So every October seventh, we're here. We're yeah. in. You've got to get brown ale cans every year now, okay? And you've got to on the Bobby Robson statue. You've got to have a say a prayer and and have a drink of your can. You and Sam Fender playing there, uh, seventeen going under and all that stuff. So listen. Does this mean? Does this mean we're going to get a Jashton on on the seventh to mark yeah, the anniversary? Yeah, that's, that's it. Now we're <laughs> Kyle's going to get his cans and get I'll, I'll get my Sam Miguel cans again. I'll be having the Castle Strip on. I'll be getting a little Chinese takeaway from my favourite takeaway in town. But it's, it's, it's a day to celebrate. It's, it's like a birthday. That's what we're going to describe it. Well, we we'll hope so. Let, let's Hopefully. just hope it all yeah. it, it, keeps, it keeps going because it is great. And let's just hope that we carry on in the great the great feel-good factor. And I know there's other clubs. Who is the other club that might be getting? Is it Everton? Who might be Everton, getting? Yeah, yeah. Dubai, apparently. But... Apparently, yeah. no one's heard about in Dubai. That's uh, reason that people are, it's a, could be a room out of nothing sort of thing. Um, well, I think I know, it's like, going to happen more and more. Clubs are going to come. We've been, I don't know if anyone's been watching the Wrexham program. We've had a great time yeah. watching that. We've had a great time. So have a shout out to that as well. And did you see maybe, the, um, I know it's a bit off topic, but did you see the absolute carnage at the weekend in the Wrexham game between the two fans? No, I didn't, but I, you know, I see Mullins going ninety seven. But there was trouble in, in after the game, wasn't it? All them versus... trouble, yeah, yeah. Wrexham put a statement out. Um, so I'm sure Ryan Reynolds will be keeping that out of um his Disney oh, programs yeah. next. Yeah, he, he makes <laughs> yeah. you um, made in Wrexham like a proper punch up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't think that's PG enough for air. No, maybe maybe we'll bring him on the. Not sure. <laughs> so um, listen, let's wrap that up. We're, we we're not having a love in. That was just a one off. We're not going to have a love in about Newcastle all the time. But I think the three of us sitting here, our lives have changed. Like I'm a thirty. I was thirty nine, thirty eight at the time. I shed a tear. Me and Steph like cuddled, got hidden in. I know it's sad to say we actually we shed, we did, didn't we? I remember we. I was at home. I was stood there in shock and awe. And I'm a thirty eight year old man. I worked. I've worked at the club. I've worked in different areas. I still shed a tear because. It has been so hard, and I know no one really cares outside of Newcastle AI stuff, you guys, but it means everything to us, this club, and it's magic to see. You know, a cup would be brilliant, but right now it's just great Having to see. Having a back. Having it back. It is. How are we the lads? But um, just all right, progress. A great little segment. So moving on to the next segment of the show, we have a special guest. This guest is coming from Denmark today, but originates from Manchester. He's coached in Canada and now Denmark. He played semi-pro in England. He's been in the States as well. He's now the head coach, and correct us if I'm wrong, of FC Norgeland. I've probably got the pronunciation. Not bad, you know. Oh, not bad. And he's the women's head coach. And I know him personally, a top, top man. 
two contrasting accents. You've got a Mancunian and a, and a Geordie. So I hope you understand this, but I can't wait to introduce you to Chris Sargent. How are you, Chris, mate? I'm good, Marty. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You said you've loved the podcast so far. You've uh, you what you were you wanted to come on, mate. You were banging me door down, weren't you, Chris? Weren't you? you were I was. I was every minute of the day. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so, Chris, just to give you context, uh, the listeners' context, we worked together. We met probably five, six years ago. Now we worked at the Vancouver Whitecaps together in the female game in the Rex Center. So, mm-hmm. do you want to take us back to kind of? Just to explain, because when I come back here and say I worked in the Vancouver Rex, no one has a clue what it means here in England, and I'm probably the same in Denmark, but it's a really important role. So do you want to take us back to what took you to, firstly, Canada and your coaching career in Canada, mate? Yeah, I mean, first, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I took you under my wing is what I did. <laughs> um, but <laughs> No, I mean, I, I was I was lucky enough, I was I was playing in the States on a, on a scholarship, um, and unfortunately, I had to stop playing. So uh, I actually followed an ex-girlfriend of mine up to Canada, up to Vancouver, uh, which is the reason why I was in Vancouver to start with. Um, and then it was kind of, what am I going to be doing? Wasn't really very good at much anything else other than football, to be honest. So it was, can I get into coaching? So uh, I actually got into coaching in the local uh, British Columbia Soccer Premier League uh, with Mountain United, uh, which was a great club really good league uh was working with high performance players uh, so i was an assistant coach there to a welsh guy a, a good friend of mine lee tregonin who i'm still good friends with to this day um who kind of helped me out there so i was assistant to him uh, with two girls teams uh and from there i just loved women's football straight away loved girls football straight away uh and got into the coaching more and more and uh lee helped me get into other places and uh, few through him met some other uh British guys actually that were working and coaching and technical directors at clubs and I was able to to get into coaching a lot more and uh, like you say eventually ended up at the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, with yourself working in the uh, regional Excel program or Rex program uh, which was a program for uh, youth Canadian international football players female football players. Um, so again, very fortunate to have the opportunity there to to work there and work with the best or some of the best youth players in Canada. No, and I think I think that time, if you look at some of the coaches you you know we worked with at that time, you know I look back at that. I was just having a laugh with you before that cohort of coaches. You got you uh, now with FC uh, Norgeland. You've got Natalie Lawrence, yeah. who's at there. Uh, in New Zealand as a head coach, Ryan Wilkinson, McNorris, Jasmine Manda, Amy Harris. You know, you've got just unbelievable yeah. coaches. So the system there is working for coaches and for players and obviously going on to win the gold. So let's just dig into, not a lot of people know the club scene. Obviously, it's totally different, but it's really important. I know you worked in Mountain and, um, and, and that's a really important scene. For young coaches in England, like me and you, mm-hmm. pathway is kind of blocked, isn't it? And it can be blocked in England. So what do you think, what would you give to any, anyone who's listening in England, Scotland or the UK? What advice would you give? And what were some of the challenges, but what are the, some of the best parts of just packing your bags and taking off, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I think moving away, uh, first and foremost, I think is so vital, uh, so important. I think we can get stuck in a bit of a goldfish bowl in the UK. Uh, and like you say, the, there's a lot of coaches in the UK. That obviously, football is a huge 
uh, huge part of everyone's life. So um, being able to leave the UK for opportunities to either play or to coach as, as I did and as you did, um, I think that it's such a an eye-opening experience and one that is so, so valuable. Um, you can go away, you can go and work in really good environments in North America, which is what I did and you did. Um, but I think just going away and working in and finding really good environments can be just as beneficial, if not more beneficial than trying to stay and crack it in the UK, for sure. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And I think that, you know, one of the, some of the advice I have with some of the lads that work around here is just, you know, if you're not, if you're a little bit unsure, go and challenge yourself for sure. And yeah. Chris, I remember a, a great conversation I had with you and it was around about the female game. And at the time, it's kind of like, I was like, yeah, I like coaching with boys. I like coaching with girls. I don't have a preference. And you said to me, no, I love the women's game and I love coaching females. You just knew, you just knew. What was it that, that was there a light bulb moment or when did you know that that was the pathway for you? At what point? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I kind of fell into it. If I'm honest, it was just the opportunity that came up. It wasn't something I was searching for at the time. I just wanted to get into coaching. Um, but really right away, the 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 energy, the the buzz around it, uh, I just I just fell in love with it. Uh what I and again, selfishly it taught me a lot about myself. We don't try to get too deep, but it really taught it it, it helped me become a, a better person, if I'm honest. Um, so I'm very grateful to the the women and the girls that I coach every day and have coached in the past that I'm a much better person for it. But just the 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 love that the the players have for it. Um, at the time, the players kind of knew, and which is changing, and uh, as it should do. But it's it's kind of a, they do it because they they love it. Females typically did. There wasn't the pathways when I first started coaching. I wasn't very many pathways to the professional game, and the the opportunities were limited, uh, which again has changed, which is fantastic, um, and may may keep going. Um, but so it was just the the fact that they came in, they loved it, they did it because it was a real passion of theirs, and they knew that it was wasn't going to lead to too much. But they just wanted to be there. They wanted to be there with their friends. They wanted to be there. Uh, to develop and 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 learn some things, and it was just that enthusiasm for the game of football that it yeah. wasn't all about. I'm going to make it as a professional. I'm going to earn millions and millions of pounds. I'm they're doing it because they love it, mm. and it, it was just it, it brought me back to why you played when you was a kid, when you played on the streets and you played with your mates because you loved it. Yeah, you wanted to emulate some of your heroes and this that and the other and. The women's games had some incredible heroes along the past. Christine Sinclair being one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hope Powell being another of what she's done with English women's football. Yeah. Um, but I just think that the, the love for the game was there. Um, and, and just that, uh, yeah, they, they knew that the opportunities weren't always going to be there. Um, but just that enthusiasm for it, I just clicked with it. I just loved it. This, you're absolutely right and the word I, I just write took a note there and I'm thinking it's pure it's authentic isn't it there's no yeah. no material gains from it like seriously like there's 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 no pathway potentially there yeah. so they're looking and going well I'm doing it just because and you know what it's like in Vancouver from from December through April it pisses down my rain so these yeah. girls are rocking out yeah. getting absolutely where people are wearing bags on their feet 
because it's yeah, wet. Yeah, yeah. They still turn up and it's freezing cold. And I'm like, I'm as a coach, I'm like standing there shaking and these girls are just cracking on and they're like, what the hell are they doing it for? That's the love yeah, of the game. So you're right, Chris, there's something about that. So I just want to, I can see you sitting there, you've got your FCN badge behind you, you're proud to be it's magic, mate. Well done. Like your head coach of the women's team and what a what a journey that's been. So how and and why? Why Denmark? Why FC Norgeland, mate? Well, to be honest, it was Carmelina Moscato, who I knew from Canada. Uh, she was the head coach here last year. Um, she picked up the phone and, and we've known each other for a while and we've got on really well. And um, she was the head coach, phoned me up. Chris, I've got on a... Uh, an opportunity as an assistant coach, do you want to come across? And I was like, yeah, 100%. And why it was 100% was a chance to work with Calm, uh, who was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the club itself, like if you if you looked into the club as FC Norgeland, but the bigger right to dream, which yeah. is what the uh, the academy is, um, which is in Ghana, which we just opened in Egypt and will be branching into the US and obviously here in Denmark. It's it's such a, an incredible um, organization to work for the people, what they do for for footballers, for boys, for girls all across the world, the way they go about things. Where it's it's about the person. It's not always about the football. And it was just it was just such a their links to common goal, uh, which is huge. Um, yeah, it was just such an incredible organization that you couldn't say no to it. If if that's what, yeah, if, right. if that's how you saw football and you saw it as a vehicle for being able to do good things, uh, and I'm a little bit of a optimist a lot of the time, so I, I, it really resonates with me the the way they go about things, the way they do things here, um, the organization. It was just, it was incredible. So. As soon as Cam phoned me up and said, "You want to be, get involved?" I, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Uh, I was again. I, I was lucky at the the Vancouver Whitecaps. I was running a program that was excellent. Loved the program, loved the people there uh, that we was working with. But the opportunity came up, and it was just uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, and you've took it with both hands, mate. I know it's a it's a funny league because there's eight teams. But what a, just just to quickly jump on the right to dream. I know what they do, and I've read up and about. I think it's amazing. There was a, a I seen a video on Twitter the other day of them watching. Was it Kudus who scored the goal yeah, against? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's some boy who had all the odds against him. He's had he's gotten, as a youngster like he's gone through trauma and and then all of a sudden he's been brought in by the Right to Dream Academy FCN and he's ended up at Ajax scoring the goal that ties the game again. You know, tie, gets them back yeah. in the game and it's so they're doing some incredible things, mate. And it's something that. I look at with envious eyes and think, I wish there was more clubs did it that way because it's a beautiful way. To and it, I'll be honest with you, mate. It's just one story. All and right. obviously it's an incredible story and uh, they're doing really well and he's doing really well. But um, it's, it's just one of many uh, stories that come out of the right to dream, whether it's scholarship opportunities in the US, which they uh, give a lot of, mm-hmm. or whether it's the professional opportunities and the international opportunities that they give to boys and girls. I mean, we signed the first female player from Right to Dream, yeah. uh, Princess, her name is. Oh, wow. um, and she she came across and she's doing really well here. So um, that's an avenue now that's opened up a lot of doors for a lot more females as well, which is it's incredible. No, that's amazing, mate. Good on you. And I, so so just to jump in the into you now and 
You won 3-1 in the cup last night. I don't know. I think you're on four or five points in the league. I know, oh. is it FC? How do you pronounce the top of the league team who win the Champions League? Hogue? Hogue? Mate, mate. Hobie Kua, I think he's... Hobie Kua. And I might have just butchered it, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're the strongest team. Every season they win the league, am I right in saying that? There's like, is there eight teams, Chris? Do you want to give us the kind of the yeah, run yeah. for someone who doesn't know about it? Yeah, I mean, so there's eight teams in the league. Um, at Christmas, you need to be in a top six, uh, and then you go into the championship rounds. The top, two, uh, sorry, the bottom two go into a playoff round with a division one, and then at the end of the spring, uh, if you're finished in the top two in the playoffs, you'll come back into the top league. Uh, if you finish in the top two in the championship round, you'll make the Champions League. Mm. Um, second, I think is qualification. First, I think is straight into the group stages. Well, that's how it is this year. Mm. Um, Kua have been uh, a powerhouse for the last couple of years. Um, but before that, it was Bromba and Fortuna, um, who have always hi- historically been two of the powerhouses in the league. Um, we're, we're hoping and looking and developing into becoming one of those teams. Um, I think we've got a little bit to go yet still. Mm. Um, but with the progression we've had so far this season and some of the work Cam started last season, I think we'll we'll be there within the next few years for sure. So maybe a good a good deep cup run and maybe third, fourth, mm-hmm. fifth, third, fourth, fifth. Is that real? Yeah, I think I think if we can I mean we finished a point off third last season. Mm. Uh so we had a really good uh spring season last season. Yeah. So Hopefully we can we can get into the top three and really start pushing, get into touching distance of second and first, and keep really pushing. Um, but the, obviously the cups are a really important thing. We we grew up back home with the FA Cup, uh, so it's quite similar to that. So they, they can be quite magical nights, um, especially if you're a smaller team and you get drawn against one of the bigger teams. It's mm. uh, it, it's it, it makes things real fun on those cup nights. So uh, yeah, to your point, we were. We played well last night. We did well in the cup, uh, 1-3-1. But uh, now we're looking at Saturday's game and hoping to take the momentum into the next game, for sure. That's class, mate. And I, I'm, I think I follow from afar on Twitter and things like that. But how would the anyone listen to this? we got listeners. I was checking you the day. we got listeners from everywhere. Mexico, we've yeah. got them from... Uh, one from the Philippines, we got them from Scotland, Ireland, New Zealand. They're all over the world. I'm not saying we've got millions of fans, but we got some. <laughs> so how do they how do they connect like watch a game? I know I'm in a group chat and you're putting things on. And how do how did the normal person, how do they they connect and watch FC Norgeland and watch Chris Sargent's career and some of these great players progress? Yeah, I mean, I, all our games are on a, a streaming service called Via Play, um, yeah. which yeah. is here in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's we get uh, a few of the games that are on the uh, on the TV here in Denmark as well. Uh, so those games are always uh, really easy to get. The stream can be sometimes difficult to get outside of Denmark, but uh, they're all on via play. Uh, I know the club here do a good job of putting the highlights and and stuff like that up and little snippets here and there. So yeah, um, yeah, and again, hopefully with with the way women's football is going uh, across the world and, and even here in Denmark, there's real good progression. The club here is such a progressive club that we'll be looking at seeing if we can get these televised and get these open and available to more people from all over the world more often. 
class, mate. No, I know, and I think I think that's great. So via player, but also like I just I follow on Twitter and the odd bit on Facebook as well. So if mm. anyone wants to kind of just check in somewhere, FC Norgeland, it's all under one club. There's not like a men and a women's team. It's all under the same banner, right? On Twitter and all that. It's all yeah, yeah. It's all under the all under the same banner, uh, yeah. which I think is good in a way because it, it shows where we are as a club. We are one club. Um, the again, it's a very very progressive club here, uh, FC Norgeland, and uh, the and how they view things and how they want things to be done. So they want to make it all one. That's what we want to be. There's uh, there's a huge push for. Uh, the belonging and, and and making sure everybody feels part of the the project and part of the the environment so no that's class I think it's a from what I see from the outside and what I hear some good people there mate and um you're doing a you're doing a good job mate and I'll be I'll be sure. following you Chris I'll be following the the future of you, yourselves and some other good some coaches that we know it's always good to see good people doing well as well mate so um, appreciate it, mate uh, what what we always do to finish, Chris, is we do 10 questions, okay? 10 fun okay. questions. I didn't tell you we were doing this. So, um, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. It's kind of and and or, but there's a couple okay. of random ones in there as well. So here we go. So your first question, this is just a normal question. Your favorite Danish dish? Uh, oh, hot dogs. It, and oh, yes, okay. in, in Denmark, they are known for hot dogs. Google it. How do you say it? How do you say hot dog and date? And I thought you were going to say something I, Danish. I my Danish is shocking. I don't. Oh, know. you're not even fluent in Danish yet. How are you, Chris? Man? Oh man. Oh well, okay, mate. It's I'm like trying to be fluent in Jordan. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Julio Jordio, you sound like mate. <laughs> so here we go. And the nose. Oasis or New Order? Oasis. Man City or Liverpool? Oh, mate. <laughs> Oh, you've killed me. Um, I'd have to say Man City just because they're Manchester club. Okay, so you you hit Liverpool with a passion. All right, okay, we're yeah. saying. <laughs> okay, Canada or Denmark? Ooh, um, tough one. This one, matey. That's a very tough one because they're both unbelievable. But I will have to say Canada if it's British Columbia. Okay, yeah, it's stunning, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Normal question. Best football moment. Uh, best football moment. Man United treble ninety nine. All right. Okay. How old were you then, mate? Give me. I eight. was. What would it have been? Twelve. Oh wow! I would have been like fifty by then already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cheesy chips or sausage roll? Sausage roll. Cantona or George Best? Ooh, Cantona. Okay. Worst football moment? Worst football moment? Uh, oh, mate. I've had too many in my playing career, just to name one. <laughs> when you tied your laces and went on the pitch every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the gaffer said, kiss you going on. <laughs> Left back in the changing room, mate. Uh, can you lend me £43? Yep. Okay, we'll transfer that later. Thank you very much. Perfect. Uh, Triple H or Stone Cold? Stone Cold. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, okay. Bigger club, Newcastle United or Liverpool Football Club? Newcastle, huge Good club. Good lad, and we'll finish on huge that. Huge club. What a gentleman. What an officer <laughs> and a gentleman. Chris, so what are we going to do? I'm going to kind of follow your season. 
And what we're going to do is intermittently, intermittently kind of bring guests back on throughout the season. We're going to bring Kath Hill on when she's back from injury. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to get her first Kath, uh, Scotland call-up. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do that. We've got Chris McKitten, who is um, starting his, um, his football season soon, who we had on. I would love to bring you back on when you're in the final of the cup and you invite us all over and we all get free tickets and stop at your house, mate. So, uh, love to, mate. Love to. Probably would as well, mate, to be fair. So <laughs> you can make us some hot dogs. But, Chris... Let's keep in touch, mate. Either way, it brings us together again. We haven't seen each other for three, four years. It's been magic to, to connect with you, mate. Top man. And uh, good luck, mate. All right, with the season. Clash, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Look after yourself. Hi, guys. If you're not sick of my voice already, please head over to our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The People's Football Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at The TPFP. Our social medias contain polls, information and overall fun football banter. So please have a look. Um, FPL, so shout out. So, you know what? You know who the biggest shout out is? And she's gloating and, you know, that's why I married her. Stephanie Herdman, 92 points this week, Steph. And you've absolutely jumped up the table to ninth. Well done. Any words? Any comment? The charge is on. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Mm, congratulations. Another friend of ours, Kyle, Darren Ross with 91 points. Hey, well done. Wow. Yeah, that's, Daz. He's, he's up to 11th, way. mate. He's gone from like 20th to 11th. Yeah. Well done, Daz. I'm sure you tell us all about it tomorrow. Yeah, tell him. And you know what? It's it's a full house. Like Robbie Welsh, who we ridiculed once, eighty-one points for Robbie Welsh. Good week. Yeah, but he, he's still thirty-first in the table, so it's not really helped him in any shape or form. He's still in the in the pit. So we had shout outs, we had shout downs. Now Jeff Turner, a Sunderland fan for life, twenty-five points. He sits thirty-seventh in the league. Now I've got no idea who this guy is. He might be one of your friends. Kyle or Steph might be one of your friends. I don't know him. Nathan Pontes. No. Nathan Pontes, sorry if we're talking behind your back. No one knows who you are in this group, uh, but you, you had a really bad week. You got 36 points. So you're lang- sorry. Yeah, you're languishing near the bottom. You got 32 points and you're sitting 36 in the league. So does now, he not have Holland? I don't think he's got anyone in his who, team. Who, who doesn't have Holland at who this point? Who doesn't have Holland? That yeah, is, like, that don't is have criminal. Don't have Holland to this podcast. So <laughs> I tell you who hasn't got Holland in the teams. It's the Conleys. <laughs> every stinking week. Shock. Thomas Conley and now Chris Conley. 32 and 39 points. They're now oh. third, bottom and third bottom. That Conley household are an absolute joke. And he comes on our podcast talking absolute rubbish. Kyle Barnum. Get him off. I'm uh, sorry I brought him on because he, he, he was quite nice in the he was too uh, nice in this spin see, see him in the dirty habit or up at the Bay Horse and Wickham. I tell you, talking about his football, I tell you. He's been getting yeah. a bit feisty in the group chat lately, hasn't he? But, yeah, uh, he's not, he talks a great talk. Maybe he's just yeah. got to fill him some of them gins, Kyle, and we'll see what happens <laughs> there. So listen, the leaders for the week is it's that man, the 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 made in Chelsea uh, superstar, Josh T. Five three one, Josh T. He's just put something in our group chat saying it's getting very lonely up here. Is anyone going to help us out at the top of the league? So I'm coming for you, Josh. He's oh wow, oh, oh, Josh, watch out, Steph. She's a little pocket rocket mate. Uh, Kieran, did we get the bottom of Kieran? Does anyone know who Kieran is? 
Oh, yeah, I don't think he's still reached out. It'd be good for him to reach out. Kieran, to reach out, buddy. Reach out, Kieran. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon uh, what I used to do was have about six different teams under different emails. I reckon it's just one of Kyle's like, for the team, <laughs> like six teams, Kieran, Nathan, Pontes, and he just hedges his bets and then he changes the All name. 50 teams are mine. All 50 teams are mine. <laughs> um, Pete Tracy's still hanging in there. And another. I'm going to give another shout out to Paul Mack, Paul McBride, who's sitting fourth. Uh, I was actually at Washington Goals last Wednesday and um, he, I bumped into him and he said, mate, I love this show. I'm up to episode six. It's a great show. He's from Constant. Um, and he was playing a game. He was actually playing at Washington Goals. They used to call him, well, I used to call him the John Joe Shelby of the Concert Sunday Leagues. He sits in that middle of the park and he sprays past it. So, Paul, big shout out to you. You've had an okay week, mate. You're hanging in fourth. So, if we're talking about charges, people, let's look at the league table. 42 players. Kyle, you're 26th. That's half fifty percent. No, it's not. No, not quite. <laughs> nearly. Oh wait, nearly. It's. I'm going to take fifty percent. It's not it's bad being average. It's below average, mate. Okay, so but it's been it's been one of them. It's one of them where it's like I'm so borderline quitting. I think I put in last night. I was going to quit until Harland today. <laughs> I think I got seventy points this week. Forty six of them were Harland. So the rest <laughs> of my Templars picked up twenty four points. Yeah. I, I, yeah, <laughs> listen. Moving on, Kyle. You, you know, you, you know, you're rubbish, mate. So, 26. You're probably out of the title chase. However, yeah, so 38 yeah. games. Well, so 18 games. Uh, 30 games left. Moving on from you, Kyle. That's enough of you. You're rubbish. <laughs> moving on to Steph, who's on chin? the charge. He's, he's bashing his gin down. It's on. Too bad. Steph is ninth in the in the league. Well done, Steph. You've got yourself. This is what Steph does. I've been involved in this for a long, long time. Right when you think. She's just like one of those, like, like what, what's it called? You know, if there's an apocalypse, like a, a zombie apocalypse, she's like that cockroach you just, you just can't stamp on, you can't get rid of. She hangs around like a bad smell, and she always seems to hang around, and she sneaks in. You're shocking, Steph. So she's nine. I thought I got rid of her. But guess there's what? A ch- there's a chance you might be a wife down after tonight. <laughs> he didn't talk about his other wife. Like How many? You'll be, oh, I'm only down to seven then. Damn. Oh, damn. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> but Steph, you do this every stinking year. I think I'm like, I'm, I'll get me confidence up. Um, I'm back in it. So I'm sixth, guys. I've gone from 28th to sixth. I've took me time. I've used me clinical statistics and XG. I put it all together and I put Haaland captain. Simple as that. Captain Haaland every single week. And that's what saved me baking because I got 78 points this week. I, I had a few other ones. De Bruyne, Cancelo, um, Kane. Jesus, I've just got that combination. I put it in after week three, Kane, Jesus, Haaland. And I don't think, even if they had terrible runs, even if they got injured, I don't think I'd change every them three. I was very tempted by Mitrovic and other guys that were saying in the in the FPL to put Mitrovic and Tony in. So I'm, I'm really excited, really excited. But I've still got that cockroach, Stephanie Herdman, breathing down me neck. And she still asks us for advice, you know. <laughs> oh, what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on that? Picking me brain. Playing mind games with us, Kyle. It's it's not nice, Kyle. Not nice. Do you not I, I, I that? don't remember that happening, to be honest, man. Not this season, but last season you did, and the season before you used to. Now like we've done this. There's still, there's still 30 game, over 30 games to go. Well, 30 games to go. For some 31 games to go. It's it's going to be one of them where it's going to go down the wire. You never know where you know, it could be in two weeks. You know what I, I would love to do? I'd love to be really clinical and just cut out. Every week we cut one person out. 
Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, get yeah. The Dross out, get the Conleys out, the Dross like Conleys out, get get Jeff Turner out, get Jeff Kidwell out, Callum Percy. Callum Percy had a better week this week from the foundation. He did all right. He's top 16 now, but get them out. I'm sick of them carrying up, just propping up the table. However, that's, it makes uh, us, six of the sinners gone. That's six of the sinners gone for the, this episode. Yeah, yeah, maybe. He's Sorry, no, no, just not very good at FPL. Anyway. So, Kyle, give us your um, top picks and your bottom picks for this week. Who are you getting in and who are you getting rid of in your FPL? It's I had a hard week because I so I did my wild card and um, I sort of backed Chelsea slightly. So, I'm hoping the playing Wolves. I'm hoping James and Sterling. I've got my team. Hopefully, they can get some points. I yeah. know going to Texera, James is world class, as we all know. So, mm. um, hopefully, he can prove that he's world class and get the get the punch to me, get a clean sheet, get maybe an assist in the goal. Problem, problem I'm having at the moment is my strikers. So when I did my um, wild card, I put Isaac in my team. Mm. Obviously, Isaac got injured. I then, my front three for this week, I, only only thing I could afford was Haaland, Mitrovic and, and Bumbu from um, Brentford. So I'm... Bremo. Bremo. sorry. <laughs> I've got my glasses on. So, so M. Bremo, so I can't have a Brentford player playing against Newcastle, so Mitrovic is going to have to go in. But is this your team or are you actually helping the listeners or are you just helping? <laughs> my team. I've got, I, I can't help the listeners. <laughs> I can't help myself. I've got a dilemma. I need help. Kulovetsky's injured. The whole team's injured. Please, someone help me. <laughs> are you for expert advice and you need the bottom step? It should be me. So I'm, I'm going to go Chelsea players. Um, I'm going to go even Arsenal players Ars- like shout out to Arteta Arsenal playing good football and I can see them going and beating Liverpool next week and Conor will be crying and uh, Klopp might even get the sack so, so who, are you thought, <laughs> who are you telling the listeners to put in though you're not really giving any advice I don't know I'm 26 <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I need help <laughs> so if anyone wants to help me with my fantasy team you know where the socials are. The socials have been tagged in this video. Please reach out because I need help. I need to beat Martin Seth. I'm really <laughs> struggling to do that. I think we need to change the segment, Steph, again. I was still... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, goodness, right. So, <laughs> Kyle's just crying for help, really. <laughs> he's supposed to put it out. Top picks and get people out. And basically, he's just telling us his team. And <laughs> please help us. So, please, someone help Kyle. Because he's not helping anyone else. As long as you got Haaland, you're okay. Kyle's gone rogue. Kyle's gone absolutely (laughs) rogue this episode. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, about Kyle. He's not very helpful. Uh, I haven't done my homework on that, so put Haaland captain. Get Jesus. Get uh, Newcastle players in, because we're going to keep a clean sheet. After that, I've got no clue. Cheers, Kyle. Cheers for your help, buddy. Really insightful stuff there. I hope to God. So I asked that. I asked you to do, I know Steph would have done it, but God knows what's going to come out of Kyle's mouth. So have you say this week, we've kind of took part in it as well. So what we're going to do, we're going to dig into something. So instead of choosing teams, we're going to come back to that a little bit later. I kind of just thought, like, I like to think about the game. There's been loads of changes with VAR and, and the, the offside obviously came in years ago. One thing, and I'm not saying you has to improve the game because football's a beautiful game. The more we play with it, the more it makes it worse. But yeah. If you could add a rule from any other sport, and I don't mean cameras or anything like that, add one rule that might affect the game or would make it a little bit fun, what rule 
would you change from would you add from another sport to make football a little bit fun, a little bit better, or just for a bit crack? Come on, who wants to go first? Steph, do you want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. So um I'm going to basketball. Mm. My second favourite sport. And I'm gonna introduce the rule that games cannot end in draws. So oh, if wow. if, if it's a uh, if it's whatever, if it's one one nil nil at the end of ninety minutes, we are going to overtime, baby, until someone scores that winner. <laughs> That's very Americanized. You've been sitting with the Ted Coley oh. and uh, the All Star team, haven't Who? you? <laughs> the Ted Coley, Bowley? Todd, Todd Bowley, Todd Bowley, and Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> too many Madries and too many cocktails today, Kyle. For you, <laughs> you're the host. Steph, you might have to. Steph, you might have to take over the show. So no, no. Um, <laughs> I've got the giggles now. A few Kyle, you, you've stitches there. So yeah, okay. So basically, MLS style. So what would you do then? So you'd have ninety minute games and you just play on. What happens if you just got two teams like Everton versus bloody um, Preston who just go and see goals? What are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> there all night. No, Enough. I think I think what you could do is like um, in in overtime, you maybe um, I don't know, just throw everyone on like everyone. I always remember as a what? as a kid in in, like, uh, in some academy games, we used to do if it was a draw, we used to go straight to penalties. Even in like uh, so when, when we went to tournaments, I don't like penalties. Like down yeah. Liverpool, we used to play. If you won, it was game done. Or even sometimes every after every game, you got three points of winning or one point for drawing. You then had a penalty shootout after, and that was Kyle, a chance to get another penalty. Like draws though, she doesn't like draws. No, I don't, I don't, and I don't like the idea. Would it be golden goal, Steph, or would it just be like? Would it be? So you're on about the golden goal, really? Or overtime? You get ten minutes. You yeah, just yeah. have little chunks. Five minute overtime. Okay, and and I think there'd have to be rules introduced in that. So like in in that um in that five minutes, I don't know. You've, you you it's you only play like down each or your nine. You take every time you play with a player short. Imagine that eleven sides. You play it to 10v10, then you go 9v9, 8v8, 7v7. Imagine that. That would be class. But how good would be that as a fan? You turn up at 3 o'clock, you're like, Mom, what time are you home? Oh, I've got no idea. It's nil-nil. Who knows what what time I'm home tonight? (laughs) That's actually, I like it. Okay, Kyle, what's yours then? So I took the sort of the next level. I went with two. Um, The first one is one that I I think it's used in basketball as well. Um, it's where the managers can request like to see a decision and it's just like, a decision to get looked at. And the thing so is, you're, you're on about cameras. I'm not having it. I'm not having yeah. bars. No, no, I'm but not it's like, that's so, not a rule change. It's a review, it's a review, is it rule, isn't, isn't it? So, I so a manager can choose through cameras. I maybe. And the other one that I would love to see is to get the like officials mic up. So we, so you know, rugby do it where you can hear what the referee is okay. saying when it's talking to the players. And the players are so much more respectful, but also you can actually understand why maybe they made, made the decision. Because there was some decisions over the weekend that were questionable again, and it'd be so good to actually hear why that decision's been made. And maybe it puts a lot of unrest to, to rest. It, it sort of well, you, out. You've kind of gone down the video route, which I kind of wanted to stay away from. I wanted like a physical table yes, tennis Kyle. rule. So again, too many gins <laughs> for Kyle. I'm going to tell you what mine is. Now, mine was not <laughs> really a rule change that kind is it? It's, no it's, sides, no rules, street football, no rules. Okay, no I like that. That's different. That's just draw them, the draw them would be with Can the I tell you mine? So, mine was going to be at the two that I thought of was basketball. You're in possession of the, the only, you know, basketball, you have 23 seconds. So, when you have the ball, 
So do you know how Man City passed the ball to death and have it for five minutes? Yes. You have 23 seconds to score. Otherwise, free kick to the other team, put your hand in the ball, play. Now, I'm not saying that's going to work, but imagine how quick and how forward you're going to have to play. I'm not saying 23, but that's a chance. You play 40 seconds, you have 40 seconds. Now, you can still lose the ball in that. Also, you can choose. So in um, in um, cricket, you have power plays. So, for example, for example, Kyle and Steph, Newcastle, if I'm Newcastle's manager, oh, we're very good at 30 to 35 minutes. Between 30 and 35 minutes, if we score, double goals. Double oh. goals. Imagine that. That's what they do in cricket. They have a 10-over ten, a power play or, or a couple-over power play. So you can choose a time. So I know if I'm playing Man United, Ten Hogs, like 70 to 80 minutes is our power play. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Park the bus for him. So um, I don't know if that would make it better or worse, but that would be something I would change. Kyle, have you actually got, you've put something in the chat. Give us something that isn't bloody VAR. So I'm going to go with, I know we've been telling sort of the mountain who's here, but a bit like mountain football with the tries, like where, like for throw-ins, you can gain yards. No, for free kicks and throw-ins, you can gain yards with it, but you've only got a certain amount. So you could gain yards with a free kick by like kicking it and then win another. But after six, you can stop. The only other one I've got, as well, I've really put thought into this, is the futsal rule. Six yeah, free foot- kicks equals a penalty. That's a good one. I always love that in futsal. Six free kicks given equals a penalty. Or you got three seconds to get the ball and play. They're the rules I'm thinking of. Yeah. You've really head. put thought in it. When have you put thought in it? Just in between having your drink your gin and then <laughs> No, I, I did. And But you've, you've, you've sort of shut my ideas. <laughs> no, but I think it's something new. <laughs> I can't have it. I can't, I can't do it. It's <laughs> so wild tonight, Kyle. You've been on fire, mate. This is funny, man. <laughs> help us out, Steph. Please help us out. Someone help us out. I don't know where to go. I can't see. You can't even see him. <laughs> right. So, no, that's brilliant. Sorry. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, oh Kyle. I love you. He's, he's a funny guy, this guy. I've totally lost it. So I'm going to say, so I was going to try and choose a winner. I'm going to choose myself as the winner. I'm going to, I've won that task. I think, I think power players for 10 minutes where you get double goals is the best one. What do you think, guys? You all agree? Who made the rules again? I think we need to put that out to like a vote. Well, we'll put it out to the listeners. So you can choose one. Kyle, which one of your seven are you choosing? Yeah, choose one. Mine's power play for 10 minutes where you get double goals. Steph, yours is going to be... Play, play it as a winner. Play well, it till am, I allowed, am I allowed to have the referees make up, or is that too... Uh, That's like, not a rule oh, change. That's not a rule, man. That's not a rule. change the rules to the actual <laughs> okay, game. I'm going to have six, six free kicks, and it's a penalty. So do it for Tau. Okay. Okay, I'll give you it. I'll give you it. Do you know what I do love, though? Futsal rules for throw-ins because I hate yeah. how long it takes for throw-ins. Three seconds to get the ball back and play. Yeah, like, yeah, I said that before. Just no, you did. Okay, did. Man. <laughs> Which one are you going for? Six free kicks you took penalties? Or... Six free kicks equals a penalty. Yeah. What, so what's, the, what's the thought behind it just to quicken the game? To sort of make the silly free kicks sort of cut out the game but also it just makes it more exciting, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It puts a lot of pressure on the penalty takers and you see more goals. Okay, let's put it out there, Steph. Put that out on social media. I think um, I think power players. Power players, six free kicks. You're going futsal. I'm going cricket, futsal. What was yours? Basketball. 
Very nice. Very nice. Didn't quite go to plan because I've got had the giggles of, of Kyle, but anyway, good stuff. So uh, that is how you say the listeners are going to get a chance to give their own, but they're going to vote on ours. Now, Candy is, um, you know, he's, I don't know what, what he's got planned for tonight, Candy. To be fair. Uh, he's got this. We always finish the episodes with um, Candy or Candal's final words. Tonight he's gonna he's, he's wrote his own poem. You know he sat there with his gin and tonic, and he's he's wrote a beautiful poem for all the listeners. Let's listen, laugh, and learn to Kyle. Okay, so I had one of one of two tonight. Do the to succeed in life, you only need three things: a wishbone to make your wishes, a backbone, and as I definitely have, a funny bone. That's the only three things you need in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone next time. Even though the dancing's done, enjoy it. Hope you don't enjoy this the night is young. Yeah. Who cares where we go? We're ready for the afterglow. So football podcast need you would you like to be part of our brand new spin-off show and come talk about your football club you would go head to head with another supporter from a different club it may either be your rivals who you can get one up on if this sounds good to you reach out to our social medias see you all soon